Hold the roll. Please. Trustee Lujanani? Present. Trustee Banerjee? Is absent. Trustee Lawrence? Here. Trustee Varney? Here. We have a quorum. Excellent. Okay. Um, welcome, everyone, to the um, latest installment of the Alameda Health System Finance Committee. Um, we have a nice full agenda today, so why don't we get started? The um, first up is the approval of the minutes from the last meeting. Could I get a motion? Thank you. Second? Second. Okay. All in favor, aye. Aye. Okay. Excellent. Um, committee planning. Is there anything really? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, anything on the um, master planning calendar to talk about here? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Are we approving a capital plan for that? Um, what we're doing is um, setting a capital budget target and getting a preliminary look of at what the allocation might be for those targets for the 2017 budget. In case we're not approving a capital plan, we're just reviewing. Um, right at this point in the year, what we uh, are asking the board or the committee to do is to endorse the targets that we're going to set for the budget. <clears throat> and the targets will be described in terms of operations, which is the EBITDA margin, and secondly, the capital budget. Mm -hmm. So we're going to ask you to endorse a number, essentially saying, uh, folks, we want you to try to spend you know, or limit capital to this amount of money, realizing that we'll come back later with, you know, final budget and allocation on how we intend to spend that money. Okay. Um, because I think here we're saying we're receiving reports. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's essentially we're saying, you know, <clears throat> look at the capital and tell us that this is the right, right amount of money to spend. But what we're not doing is bringing you the specifics tonight of what that would be. Okay. We, I, I put capital plan approval. Will I want you to set a target tonight? That's okay. Well, what? Well, you, you won't. You won't actually approve the capital budget until May or June when we come back to you and say we've met. Here's exactly what we want to buy, what we okay. want to spend our money on next year. Well, let, let's get to that section and we'll okay. talk about that. And then the financial plan approval in March. Are we actually going to be approving a financial plan in March? I, I don't think so because what we're doing is we're slowing down the financial planning process to be in sync with the strategic plan. Mm -hmm. So I'd, I'd have to make an adjustment to that. Okay, but are we going to at least review the financial plans. We can certainly review it, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I yeah. think that would be useful. Okay. Um, 
And then in March, we have for education, the patient financial experience. Yes, and we're gearing up for that presentation. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's something you and I talked about briefly, but what's the, um, what, are, what are you looking at for that? Um, we're lo looking at how the system uh, looks to a patient from the business perspective. You okay. come in, you know, how do you get it, how do you get enrolled in the insurance plan? Mm -hmm. um, what does the uh, financial clearance process look like? Mm -hmm. What does the billing process look like? Okay. If you've got an issue, what happens? Okay. Like so how does it feel as a patient to interact with us? Yes. Financially? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think that'll be, that'll be interesting. Um, that'll be interesting. All right. Okay. Other trustee comments on that? Um, and then we have the health committee is meeting on February 8th. I believe that's correct. Okay. And this is, and, and everything else is TBD. So are, the, are these dates our appear, Alameda Health System's appearances or just for all of the committee? Well, it's, it's the entire bo board. Like, for some reason, they're behind on updating their calendar a lot. Okay. Um, I know they're working on it, but... Mm -hmm. um, uh, it, uh, some of them, the committees are starting to show up on the calendar, but um, it's not been fully updated yet, or it wasn't at the time that we put this together. So okay. if it has been since then, then we haven't seen it yet. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll, but we'll put them there when they we'll, get We'll there. find out. That's right. We'll find out when we find out. We have no reason to believe they're not, they're changing their schedule, but it's just not publicly okay. solidified. And are, and are we on the calendar for February 8th? No, the only thing we, well, so far I don't think we are, yeah. Uh, the only thing we heard that was possibly going to be of interest to us, I think, is they're doing some report around, um, it's with the it's with the alliance, and I forget what it's actually about. I think it's, it's about waivers oh, and oh, other Oh, yeah, 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 funding. it was, um, I can't recall. Go ahead and speak up, it's all right. I thought, I thought it was about the waiver, yeah. yeah. Thanks, MJ. Thanks. Uh, but, so it's not us, but mm -hmm. obviously uh, items of interest, and we track those, so okay. we've been talking. Did I hear Rebecca talk about the Toyin report going to the report now? Yeah, she, they are presenting. I don't know if it's to the health committee or to the full board, actually. Uh, health committee first, the end of February. Okay, oh, okay. so they have a calendar, yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 Well, let's Ready. stay ahead of the game. Let's talk about the um, December results. Okay. So <clears throat> since the, um, uh, the board actually uh, received a full report on the results last week, right. um, I thought I'd <clears throat> try to get creative and give you uh, something different, a little different. Uh, it's always dangerous when I get creative. C CFOs getting creative is, um, causes... Yeah. People sweat, you know. Um, but um, so I thought I'd cover these items. I want to talk about how we're doing year over year. Mm -hmm. uh, give you kind of a walk down memory lane <laughs> with a uh, uh, historical review of uh, some of the trip big trends. Um, on the revenue cycle, instead of talking about all the issues, just focus on some very specific cash collection issues that we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, and give you a contracting update, which you don't get very often but there's been quite a bit of a contracting activity, so I thought that it would be helpful for you to hear that. <clears throat> uh, again, review the um, 
expense reduction program because I know there's a lot of uh, interest in what we're doing about expenses. Mm -hmm. And then uh, hit the uh, cash uh, NNB forecast. Okay? Okay. Okay. All right. And I, I bet we might have some questions about what was <coughs> published too. So. Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's fine. Um, okay. So, uh, and this is in, this is not in your package, but it's in that uh, handout that you just received. And what I've done here is I've, I've taken the first six months of 2016 in the first column and compared it against the first six months of 2015. So it kind of takes away the budget and just says, you know, how are we doing, how are we doing year over year? So the first thing is that the um, <coughs> acute discharges, these are, you know, hospitals, admissions, and discharges, are up by 4%, which is really pretty good growth. I mean, we would not, we would not budget that much, but we are actually um, doing pretty well. And the uh, long-term care patient days are up by 1.2%, which basically means that the skilled nursing beds are full right now, okay? So volume is up oh, average about 3%. Um, our net patient revenue is up almost 10%. So 3% of that's volume, 7% is revenue cycle, contracting, things like that. And then supplementals are up 3.7. So overall, we've got a 7.6% increase in revenue year over year. That's really, really good. We will not be forecasting <clears throat> or budgeting that level next year. Okay, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to um, be much tighter. The um, total expenses are up only 2.8%. Okay, I say only. Uh, we budgeted zero, but that, again, that's a big change. Uh, I'd gone back, and I'll show you in a second, but um, actually the last few years, like 12, 13, 14, it, it had been like 10% a year on same store. Um, but there's some significant variances there. So labor, salaries, wages, and benefits uh, are up 4%, and that's even though paid FTEs are down one7 FTEs for AOB are improved by 11%, and the comp ratio has improved. Okay, so 4% increase in labor. Contracted physicians are up 2.4. That's about CPI. Um, pretty big increases in purchase services. So that's finance, IT, it's um, med assets, it's incentive payments that we're paying to collect yeah, cash. Dave, can I ask, what's, what was your intended purpose to show us this? Um, to kind of give you a feeling for how the company's doing overall. It's a standard type of comparison that you might give to educate a finance committee. What is it that you're showing me? What's the intent of putting the information that you have in the board report where it shows the personnel costs are not up, they're exactly the same? Um, so I'm trying this, to is, understand. This, is, this is actually extracted from the financial information in your report. Well, okay. Well, if it's not of value to you, I can go. I, I don't mean that it's not a value. I just have to understand what the intent is and what I'm looking at. So mm -hmm. when you show me one number to another number, it, it doesn't have any relationship to me unless you explain 
what the intent is okay. and what I'm to be looking at. So the, the, the intent is to uh, educate you so that you can understand the trends that we're seeing in revenues and expenses so that when we come to setting a budget for the next year, you can have that in your mind to say, is that a reasonable assumption? Can management achieve the assumptions that we're giving you? So when you put the thing like, is the waiver in here? Yes, it's up in the house. Uh, okay, so that, you, you That's put included the in this line right here. It's included. Yeah. I think, I think what he's essentially doing with this is, is usually when you see the, the finance report, you see a comparison of uh, performance either month to date or year to date relative to budget. And then you also see a, a latter column of relative to this time last year. So saying what was the actual last year versus the actual this year versus the budget for this year. So those are three sort of pockets. So he's essentially taking the budget out now to say, how do you look at the performance from last year uh, relative to uh, the performance for this year? Then, then what you have presented when you put the statement of revenues and expenses mm -hmm. in in the report, mm -hmm. not this, but in the report. Mm -hmm. And you talk about year to date, actuals, budget, month to date. I mm -hmm. I get that. Mm -hmm. How does this relate to this? Um, on the uh, <clears throat> income statement, there is a um, column that's the year to date actual. Yes. That's that first column. Yes. And then on the very far right, there's a column that says year-to-date last year. Yes. And that's the second column. Okay, so why are you putting this up when you have me studying this? Because um, that, that one, that the, the regular income statement has a lot of different columns, and you tend to focus on budget, which is good. But it's also useful often to compare to prior years so that you can understand what's really happening. Aren't I comparing to prior year because you showed me on the last column prior year? Uh, you could, but we don't typically. It, there's a lot of busy numbers on there, and it's hard to get it onto one page. So and I'm why just. Why do you give it to me? I just thought it would be helpful, Michelle. I thought it would be helpful to you, but I guess not. Well, Mr. Varney, sorry. Uh, are, are you in any way saying you disagree with the Toyon report we had about a week ago by this report you're giving us now? Not at all. So you're going to come up with similar recommendations as to their recommendations as to our weaknesses and strengths? Um, we, we agree with the recommendations and we're working on an action plan on that right now, which we intend to bring back to the board. I think it is helpful to compare, you know, uh, how we're doing this year to how we're doing, how we're doing last year at the same time. Good. <laughs> it's kind of has its own mind. I mean, it's you know, you know, every comparison is useful. And I think that the typical comparisons that we've been going through here are how are we doing versus budget. Very important. Um, it's instructive, but in a different way, to say how are we doing versus prior year. Um, you're, you're comparing what actually happened, and I think what you find is that um, 
you, you can draw different inferences and get some gain some different insights about the business versus comparing to the budget. Um, that doesn't change. I, I mean, that typically doesn't change management's commitment to doing anything. It's just here's how we're doing. You know, here's how we're doing, and it helps to. It's help. It's helpful and useful to inform um, our understanding of you know of our of our little business. Um, you know, looking at this, like one of the questions that I have is I see that while wages and salaries and benefits are up four percent, yes, um, but paid FTEs are down. Then. You know, the question I have is, so I would conclude that we've, that the um, compensation per employee is around about 6%. And yeah, now I realize that included in that is the effect of GASB 68. Okay. okay, because we took the big hit. So, so, so that's where, that's where GASB 68 is. Yeah, but you, you can look at that and say, gee, if paid FTEs are going down, why, why is the total going up? Okay. And that's something we need to look at. All right. So, okay. All right. So, I, I mean, I do find it useful. Now, it would have been, it probably would have been helpful to have that, sure, in the in the deck. So, you know, that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, this information is actually that. in yeah. the deck. I'm just trying to focus on a couple right. of things. It's a way of educating the board to look at numbers different ways. But obviously, it. Um, doesn't appear to be. Well, I think, it's, I think, it's, I, I, I think <laughs> so it came as a surprise, okay. shall we say. Okay, let's move, let's move on. Let's move on. David, I suppose, and, and this is my, I don't think I'm a stupid woman. I mean, I really don't. I'm not the brightest, but I don't think I'm stupid. And I've been in this committee for three years, and I still am trying to understand how the budget works. And so, I met with you privately to mm -hmm. see if you, I could understand this, mm -hmm. and I think what ends up happening is that I will invest, because you give this information, I will invest and spend time going through this, and I will do a highlight on this line and a highlight on the other line in, prepare, in preparation, because I think this is what we're going to go through. And then there's something that comes up in a different form that is hard for me to apply this new piece of information that, because I have to study this stuff because I don't get it. So I study it and then this comes up and it's completely contradictory. It's in here, so I, it's confusing to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, under point taken. Uh, perhaps what we could do is, I mean, I think what David was attempting to do with this particular slide and perhaps others is, is really just try to. Um, there are different ways to analyze all this data. He's trying to provide, I believe, uh, some different way to analyze it. But in the real time, uh, what I think I can appreciate is it then sort of screws up, you know, where you were with your assessment and preparation for understanding certain things. So, what if we just put a pause on this, set this aside, because this is included in here, but it looks different admittedly here, and just go back to what you have and questions there, and then if there's yeah. applicability here, we can show it. If not, we'll just uh, address some of the questions you have there, and then we can move on with the Well, it's just, it, uh, I'm speaking for myself only, so if these two gentlemen get this, 
I, I will try to find another way to meet with David and you or somebody to, I mean, maybe I should hire somebody to help me understand this. Uh, That's how. I can, I can refer to some of the people I use. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I get, I get it. You know, I, I, I read these things like for a while too to make sure I understand them. It's not, yeah. if you're a finance person, it's, it's like, you know, Reading, uh, you know, anything else we read that's uh, pretty straightforward. Yeah, but, but that can be cured. Yeah, uh, if the finance yeah. person's understanding. So well, it it takes a while to get it. So maybe it takes a while. <laughs> to don't do don't feel you. special. <laughs> so, no, I get it. So I, I, you know, I don't. What what I would want wouldn't want to occur is you seeing a different presentation here to in any way sort of suggest a a uh, manipulation of this in some way that no, is intended? No, I, okay. I don't mean to imply that. And if that's what you think I'm implying, please, that's not what I'm implying. Okay. I don't believe any manipulation. What, what I'm trying to figure out is, as an example, in salary and benefits and wages, right. okay? It, it is, it in fact, is over from, from previous years. Where it was last year, right? Right. It's up. But it doesn't tie to existing budget. Right. This particular slide, none of this ties to, to the budget. budget. Right. This so, so the per what I'm trying to get at, and mm -hmm. I asked, and the purpose of showing me this mm -hmm. <coughs> was to show me how expensive things are from last year to this year, or where the savings was from last year to this year, but it doesn't tie in any way to the current budget. Correct. So what he's saying is usually what we do, all of this, so, so if you look at the, um, the uh, uh, statement of revenues and expenses, we, that report is usually what we share every month, and it has all three elements. It has current performance, budget, prior year, right. and usually we focus very intently on current performance and budget. Okay. Um, and in so doing, sometimes what's missed is what were the what were the actual changes between what did things look like this time th uh, last year versus what did things actually look like this time this year. So in all of those, what he's saying is like, you know, whether we would have budgeted uh, if we started at the top, and those aren't on here in terms of uh, actual operating uh, metrics in terms of the volume of services that we have. He's saying that, you know, we, may, we wouldn't as an organization have budgeted a 4.1 increase, a percent increase in the number of patients we would discharge through our services. But that's what in fact happened. So we're showing that there's a significant increase in services delivered from this time last year to this time this year. So it doesn't exclude, I mean, it doesn't say ignore the budget. It's saying set the budget aside for now. Let me just show you what actually happened. Because remember, the budget is predictions. And we're going to uh, we're going to compare our predictions to reality in this current year, which, but we should also compare what happened last year to what happened this year. So you really see a true picture of what the movement was, not that artificial and important, but artificial sort of prediction of what would have occurred versus what actually occurred. Does that? Does that make sense? It, it's certainly helpful. I, uh, okay. Certainly helpful. So, but but again, if it's if it's you know, if that part isn't helpful, then we could go back to looking yeah. at uh, or focusing on what actually happened versus what we predicted. Well, the, this does, in fact, give you trends of where of where of what of what happened from one year to the to the next year. Right. But it doesn't tell you whether or not where we need to pay attention to relative to our bottom line. Correct. So, and that's where you know the further analysis comes. For example, what I would suggest uh, is. 
the reason why uh, uh, we would say that the volume of acute discharges going up to the rate that it did is a good thing is because our structure right now is fee-for-service. So if you end, you get a you know, more generous rate generally on uh, acute discharges. Obviously varies by pair, but if we were capitated and the volume of discharges went up that much, you would say that's potentially a problem because you get you know, the same dollar and you're providing the more expensive services and how are you trying to manage that utilization, manage those costs. So, so that's kind of the further uh, analysis, but this just shows you year over year what the trends are. But each of those you know, can have an own set of questions about what should we pay attention to there? Is it favorable now because of some circumstance versus in the future? Would that not be favorable? Is that, I don't know if that's helpful. No, yeah. it, it helped considerably okay. to understand th this. And so what I've got to be able to do is, is to tell myself, these are trends from last year to this year. Mm -hmm. We need to look at it. It will help certainly David and us as a board to plan looking at these kinds of things when we develop a new budget Correct. when we develop the new budget but it doesn't get at the issue that we talked about at the board meeting relative to the loss of ambulatory care and the areas in which we are we're, we're really looking at at some losses Correct. And well some of it does but but not the ambulatory care piece but but the salary wages and benefits that's an area where we're looking at you know we went up despite the fact that we, you know, reduced uh, or improved some of the productivity and efficiency, but the numbers are still up, you know. But didn't we get salary high. increases? Yeah. yeah. So wouldn't that account for the number going up? Well, it could. It's one part of why it goes up, but then if your paid FTEs go down, you'd expect some sort of offset for that. Mm -hmm. Remember, one we, we, we actually just got that answer, and, and a good chunk of that is the uh, GAS 68 mm -hmm. restatement. A lot of the cost of that went into salary, wages, and benefits. Correct. So that caused. So that some of the up. offsetting benefit um, of reducing the FTEs or right sizing FTEs per AOB was usurped then by this big expense of GASMA 68 that came onto the board. So, so it just helps us to have somewhat different yeah. conversation. Yeah, you, you get a different. Per it's, it's just it's a different perspective on on the same actual results. Right. Uh, but it's a, I think, I think once you get kind of used to, accustomed to it, it's a, it's a useful, it's a useful alternative perspective. Um, let me make a recommendation, let me make a recommendation about practice or procedure for the Finance Committee that um, um, moving forward, <laughs> that what gets, what gets published and what gets published is what gets presented and yeah. discussed, um, and that's which which is hard because a lot of because a lot of information is, you know, there's often a lot of information that, or a lot, you know, often a lot of this stuff can benefit from one extra day of analysis, mm -hmm. and uh, so I think it puts a little bit more, you know, maybe we get a slight degrade in, you know, in the quality information. Um, May put a little bit more pressure on the finance uh, group to just, you know, do the work in time for this, but it will improve perhaps the, the you know, everyone's the knowledge preparation time and, and therefore and the quality of the discussion. I agree. Does that make 
It's kind of sensible, cool. Yeah. Because um, right. I, I think that all, I mean, I looked at the, I mean, this agenda, all those things that you teed up there are, are great. They're very, they're great. <laughs> we should talk about them. Okay. So. Okay. So why don't we, why don't we respond to questions about the December statements and if, if they're sure. from the why package. Sure. Okay. Let's do that. Are there any that. questions about what's in the package? Um, let's do that. Well, I have one. Let me ask. Let me start with okay. a question. Sure. Um, so, December was what the third month off budget? Is that it? Um, it's been bouncing around, but, but uh, yeah. 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 I mean, we had. But I think we had one really, I really. We really had a good, good first month. quarter, and then we've been yeah. tailing down. Here. So, what does this say with respect to? I mean, we're six months into the year now. So, what does this say with respect to the full year? Um, how do we look? And where I think part of your answer can be, well, if we exclude the effect of GAS 68 and, and a couple of other large unforeseen items, then we're closer. We're, sure, we're closer. But you know, it's kind of like, how do we? Well, so the way how, how, do, how do we how do we look? And um, well, let's start with that question. Yeah. Well, we're t we're thinking about that, particularly in light of the. You know, encouragement that we've received to, to, you know, think about cost reductions. But as I sit here today, <clears throat> and we had six months. We're we're profitable behind budget. Um, we're, there's going to be a catch-up on the waiver payments, okay? Because we know we're going to be better overall, so we're going to increase those accruals a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, we have just completed the Better Two initiative, uh, including mm -hmm. a significant redesign of labor. So we're expecting that to start flowing through. January through the end of the year. Mm -hmm. um, the costs of med assets, that, that program's over, so that'll drop. So that, that comes out of the expense structure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's other ongoing changes. So, you know, there's a potential that this comes together and, and points us and gets us close closer back to budget. But, you know, we're six months out, seven, five months out, really. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it's prudent that, that we um, take a step back and, and say, uh, what do we do on expenses, particularly as we look at the longer-term forecasts, and you'll see later. You know, it's pretty obvious that with the waiver payment going away, which is the projection, that, mm -hmm. you know, there's going to have to be a long-term sustained cost reduction program as part of, you know, other strategies to make up that deficit. Okay. So. Um. Now, I mean, there's another way to ask the question. I mean, one is to say, well, look, you got to hit the budget. Um, but, you know, the other question is, yeah. you know, what do we have to do to hit the budget? And what's the implication of not hitting the budget? Right, so, or, or somewhere in between. Yeah. yeah. And, I'm, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying go ahead and do that. It's just, but that's... Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the exact question we have started to ask ourselves, and we're okay. starting to to look at relative to exactly what David just said. You know, mm -hmm. looking at what what anticipated um, net benefit we expect from some of the things that have uh, been put in place, but also, you know, do we need to apply some more uh, prudency to to uh, uh, looking at areas where we where we can. Um, curtail expenses for mm -hmm. the remainder of the year mm -hmm. um, and you know whether we whether you know we look at whether that is 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 easily accomplished with with 
no material benefit, if you will, uh, or, or as I say, uh, adverse effect, or if that is a discussion that we bring before you to say, here's, here's something that we're considering, uh, uh, but we think it warrants board awareness and uh, approval before we were to execute if, the, if, that's, if it's of that nature. Yeah, because I mean, the question was raised in the last full Correct. board meeting, so I think, um, you know, it, it's, it's worth, you know, I, I think it's mid-year, it's probably worth yeah. attending to that and... Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about it, we, we don't, we're not prepared with recommendations tonight, but yeah. it's, it's definitely on our agenda. Well, maybe what you want to, maybe what we should think about doing here is having a, um, you, know, you know, having kind of a formal forecast for the year and to the extent that there's a gap. Yeah, I could do that. You know, and I, I think there's two levels of discussion. One is, you know, the, the, it's the GAS 68 discussion around this is, you know, here's a non-cash item that was yes. you know, out of our control. Mm -hmm. um, and then here, here's, you know, here's what's more in our control or on our watch. Mm -hmm. What are we doing about it? And, okay. And I think you need to figure out what your rec what management's recommendations are to the board about okay. that, or just about what to do yeah. operationally. Does that make sense to the? Okay. Michelle, yeah, that sense. makes sense. Okay. Um, okay. Um, I had a question about revenue. Mm -hmm. So, um, here you're saying we're, we're recording 3.6% negative variance to budget on net revenues. Yes. Got it. Um, and then uh, our cash collections, uh, maybe I'm, I'm sorry, I withdraw the question because I think I confused myself. Okay. Um, oh, wait, total revenues are favorable to budget by 0.5%. Why, why are supplemental revenues reimbursements so much better? So you're saying that's up, up 9.2%. Mm -hmm. We suspected going into the year that, that we might have had a conservative budget. Mm -hmm. um, and it has turned out that way, that we're doing better than, uh, better than expected, even before we got the uh, information on the new waiver. Mm -hmm. We're doing somewhat better. Uh, for example, one of the reasons is um, on what's called rate range IGT, which is, you'll I'll talk about this a little bit later, but it's... Uh, it's an amount of mo extra money that comes to us based on the number of enrollees in Medi-Cal managed care programs. And the growth is, there has been quite high and more than we expected. So mm -hmm. that's resulting in an extra payment that comes through to us on a monthly basis. Okay. So... And we are going to have an education session on this. So right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's, it's a variety of reasons. But primarily the waiver and um, rate range IGT. Okay. Is this something that we expect to continue through the remainder of the year? Yes. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the balance sheet. Mm -hmm. I love the balance sheet. Love the balance sheet. Yeah. Okay. I like the balance um, sheet, too. Okay. I mean, still in your report. So you talked about accounts receivable days are 88.5. Yes. And yeah. accounts payable 71.4. What would be, what, what do you think is like a really good number? What? Um... Well, uh, we'd like to see the days and are at, at 60 or below. Okay. So we have quite a ways to go <clears throat> on that. And uh, days and AP, typically 45. Okay. Um, although it's kind of 
uh, a lot of that is, I mean, if you look at the actual claims waiting to be paid, it's, it's a relatively small number. So a lot of what you're seeing in there in that number are um, what are called accruals. Mm -hmm. So you know, maybe services have been delivered, but we don't have an invoice yet, so we've made an estimate. Okay. So we're really not, not that well, good. Well, I assume you're not making poor estimates, so or inaccurate estimates, so. I don't know. No, they're, they're fairly yeah. accurate, we just, but we don't have an invoice, but we, we pretty much know what they're supposed to be, so we okay. um, make an accrual so that we can pre present accurate financial statements. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like you might want to, that's later. Okay, so, and I think we, we talked about, um, this is kind of an ongoing thing, but we talked about that we had, um, because we were bumping up against the credit limit with the county that we mm -hmm. had, slowed down payments to vendors. Is that now back under control? Is that um, now back to where we want it to be? It's not to where we want it to be. We're, we are making good progress on reducing it. I didn't okay. I didn't bring this gra the graph, but you know, it shows the the peak in December and now it's it's about halfway back down the mm -hmm. you know, the hill. Okay. So all right. And so if you're hoping to get thirty almost thirty more days out of AR, that's um, that's a good deal of money. Uh, it's about a million and a half a day. Yeah, so we're talking like $40, 50000000 million. Yes. That you're looking to... That, that would be nice, yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe not a million and a half, maybe one point All right. three, one point four, but still okay. a lot, yeah. All right. Yeah. Then, um, so... That would help a lot in the okay. with the loan. <laughs> and then yes. last thing, very last paragraph here, the Revenue Cycle Improvement Program mm -hmm. is on page five of your written report. Um, so in November, cash collected went way down, for like from the mid 40s to 35. Yes. And then it went, and then in December it was up to 55. Yes. So is that a matter of, you know, I'll, I'll call it collecting the missing, you know, catching up with the missing 10? There were, there were some, some really big catch-ups that happened. Okay. We got, uh, I think, three, three months of uh, BHCS payments. Mm -hmm. uh, we had some big Medi-Cal catch-ups. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a pretty big payment from the Alliance that month. Okay. Or was that some or were those things some of the cause of the November being down so yes, much? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I kind of got worried when I saw November down so much. Is that do I need to continue worrying or can I stop? You should keep worrying. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Th th thank you for helping yeah. my anxiety. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. You, you might as well too. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Why should I keep worrying? <laughs> You know, we're working real hard at it, but, um, you know, I, I want to see the cash. And we're going to talk about, I've actually got a slide coming up here on cash okay. to give you an idea of some of the specific issues that we're dealing with. Okay. But it's, you know, it's cash. Okay. So, well, okay. Um, I could ask you, but okay, I'm done with my okay. things that struck me. Uh, any other questions? Yeah. Okay. In the interest of time, I'm going to skip this next one and go right to... Um, Revenue cycle. This is the claims. Uh, so what we've done is we've gone back and we've pulled uh, 400 claims because we're saying where's the cash, mm -hmm. and we're trying to identify specific issues. And we've we found some, and these are these are pretty much outside of uh, things that are happening outside of our organization, but it's affecting us because it's reducing the amount we get paid. 
So um, <clears throat> what we did is we looked at these claims and we looked for things that were, uh, claims were denied uh, or they were underpaid or perhaps there's no payment, okay? And so this is what we found. So we found at the Alliance that we um, experienced uh, a big increase in denials and underpayment since they went live with their new IT system on September 1st. So um, we believe those are just sort of erroneous um, uh, rejections and mispayments because of their system set up and new processes with the new system. So we, we normally have a monthly operating review, but now we're going to go to a weekly operating review to sit down with them and, um, and go through those claims and identify what the issues are and get them straightened out. And it's a very cooperative relationship. We, we work really well together. Okay. This is not in, in, any, um, uh, <clears throat> in, in any way like an intentional slowdown. It's just, you know, it's just complicated to, make, to get systems to work together. Um, and then similarly with the Medi-Cal program, uh, we started noticing um, a big increase in what are called treatment authorization requests uh, starting in November. And this is a process that Medi-Cal has that they require you to submit this TAR prior to service uh, so that they know you can get paid. We actually have an exception to that process. So it's like, you know, we went from zero denials to, you know, a bunch. We're talking, you know, uh, several million dollars here. So uh, we've, we've identified that. We've contacted our Medi-Cal rep. We've identified what the issue is. We're helping them with um, uh, getting training and for their own uh, for their own staff to get those. And we're, and we're getting those cleared and, and coming through. So the, we should see a bump in those um, this month sometime. Um, and then in, at BHCS, which is the Behavioral Health Care Service part of the county, um, we uh, notified that they put a new u utilization review process in place, um, and only about two-thirds of the uh, authorization requests have been approved. The rest are hanging up for some reason, so we're meeting with them uh, to get those um, authorizations cleared so that we can process the claims and get paid. Uh, we've also identified a similar issue with um, with Anthem, where they're underpaying on our ICU cases. They're coding them as med surge, so we're getting paid paid at a lower rate than we should. Uh, so th those are the big issues. Now, one of the things we're doing to to fix this going forward is uh, implementing this month what's called the contracts module. So what the contracts module does is it loads information from our system. <coughs> compares it to the um, whatever contract rates we're supposed to get by payer and tells our uh, collection staff how much we should get paid for that claim. Believe it or not, we don't have that today. So what happens is we just collect our information, we send it out to the payer, we get a payment back, and we're like, is that right or not? We don't really know unless we do an audit. Okay? This system will tell us in advance how much we should get paid so when we get a check back we can look at it right there and say is that is that correct so that will help us identify underpayments and allow us to go immediately back to the payer and get the correct payments back or appeal it or do whatever we have to do um, <clears throat> another thing we're doing is um, there's a company called triage which focuses on auditing uh, what are called closed claims these are claims that have been billed they've been paid they're essentially closed and set off to the side. And what we're doing is uh, <clears throat> giving them um, all of our closed claim files to audit against the contracts to make sure that we got paid appropriately. 
And to the extent that they identify something that they can go after, they will do that. <clears throat> we'll pay them on an incentive basis for what they collect. But more importantly, they'll tell us why we didn't get paid what we we're supposed to. So if we've got some type of internal system set up that's preventing us from uh, getting paid appropriately, they'll be able to tell us how to do that. Okay. So David, the organization has never had the ability to look at <clears throat> what you get reimbursed for and what you should have gotten reimbursed for. Um, not with soaring financials. I don't know if they could have done it before. I don't think that they did. No. 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 They, never? They, they've never. Yeah. <laughs> this was one of the twenty findings of recommendation. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. So I believe Nancy, when she came to the full board, was talking about calculating what revenue should be. That's exactly and, what and this so is. And so that's what this will that's do. That's what okay. this is. Now, now, we started development of this over a year ago, so it's taken that long to get the system up and running. And it's just being rolled out this month. So a lot of work. IT, finance, revenue cycle. A lot of work to get this right. Okay? Uh, and then the final thing is we're... Um, you know, setting up a special billing unit to look at particularly complex high-dollar claims. So ED trauma, you know, that's where a lot of our money comes in. Uh, we think that's an area where, you know, routinely payers don't uh, pay us uh, everything we're entitled to. Those are very big dollar amounts, so we're going to focus on those, psych and a few other skilled nursing, a few other different areas. Okay? Is that helpful? Yeah. Now, this is based on, you said, I believe, a review of 100. 400. 400. Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's assume it's pretty comprehensive then. Uh, there's lots of stuff and issues here. Do you find any, do you find there are some themes or some root, cause, root causes to, to that um, that you know, sort of have a, an implication about how we do business as, a, as an organization? or our practices um, that need not, Well, you know, again, all, most of these happened outside of the organization. Yeah. So the, the, theme well, is, the theme is that we have to have systems and processes on our side to check that everything's happening correctly mm -hmm. because, you know, it's very complicated and people can make mistakes and you get paid wrong and unless you check, you don't know. Yep. Okay. So. And how many, you know, Claims do we send out a day or a month or whatever on average? Just to. Uh, I, I, I mean, to. a lot, but. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. thousands. I'm just, yeah, so, yeah, just, the, yeah. the point I was getting at is yeah. and there's, there's no way for a human being no. to sit there and go, no. wait a minute, I didn't get my check. Yeah, yeah the, the contracts module will make a very big difference in our operations. So does that mean there's someone gonna, who's going to be responsible for making sure that that. I mean, because you've got to make sure that that. Module is then properly set up and yes, and, and then you you've got what's called the follow-up unit and the 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 payments come in through what's called an EOB explanation of benefits that get posted against the account and then <clears throat> the system compares the payment to the calculated amount compares them and then kicks it out on a queue to say here are your variances and then we can go through and systematically work them. That's a really big improvement. It sounds mundane, but it's important. No, it's huge. Uh, David, you, you explained what we need to do and what, how, how it has to interface. What, can you articulate a little bit more clearly what seems to be the hurdles uh, or the complications of not getting there? 
Is it, do you need more staff? Is it a training issue? Is it um, outside our control? You know, is it uh, um, too many priority? What, what seems in your mind to be? Yeah, at, at a high level, and we spent a lot of time talking about that, in fact, meeting on it today to go with Dave and the team to go through the Freed and the Toyon recommendations. But a lot of it is simply the system, the system itself and the setup of the system. System, you mean the, the data process, the, the financials, financials, yes. And this, the setup, we talked about, well, gee, you know, do we have the ability to go back and sort of re-implement, you know, check, every, check all the boxes to make sure that it's set up correctly. That, that's a big deal. It's not like an Excel spreadsheet. It's a big deal. Uh, the other thing is training. You know, in many cases, we, we have... Um, you know, people who've never been properly trained and therefore they don't know what to do and, and you know, so we get, we get a bad result. But you can't train them if you don't have a system to train them on. Right. Yeah, so it's both. It's, yeah. You know, I, I don't think that <clears throat> resources are the issue at this point because we have the green light, you know, in fact, we're under budget on um, staffing because we don't, you know, we haven't filled all the vacant positions. But it's it's really... You know, designing the system appropriately, getting it set up, um, <clears throat> training the people, and uh, monitoring performance. <coughs> Do you disagree, Don? Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. That's Don's our resident expert over here. Could you give? Do you have some kind of gut on when you think this might be accomplished? Is it a a two, three, four-year issue? Is it? I, I was thinking it was going to be two years. I've been here 19 months. <clears throat> Don's getting ready to leave. He, he told me it's five years. Um, I, I'd like to think we can get it done in another year. Mm. Oh, I, I, I'd like to think we can get it done in, in another year. You told me five. But five I, to fix everything? Yeah. A good five years. Yeah. And, and Don's, been, Don's been doing this a long time. But... But let me, let me give you another way of looking at it. Um, there's a, um, an important ratio which we don't provide you, which is how much net revenue we're collecting, <clears throat> generating, compared to how much we should. Okay, and the reason we don't is we don't have a contracts module because you need that to, to, to get the denominator of the equation. But I would, I would estimate that we're probably at 94 to 95% right now, which sounds good, but every percent's worth about $5 million. So, and most organizations operate 98, 99, 99 and a half. And this is just my off the wall estimate, but I think that's about where we are. And that's improved. That's, that's way up from like 80, yeah. okay? Yeah. yeah. May have even been worse. Yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna ask a question, but go. No, so, you know, five years is a long time. That's a lot of. That's a lot of money at ninety-four percent, and it'll improve over time. But, um, you know, is there anything that, you know, we could do to accelerate that? You know, you know um, I thought about that question because uh, it was asked at the board meeting, and I think the one thing um, <clears throat> that I've seen is um, 
sort of the, the way policies get approved in this organization. And uh, I don't know if you know, but there's a policy on policies. And typically, um, you know, any policy has got to go through the MEC for approval, any policy mm -hmm. currently, and then go to the Board of Trustees. And we're like trying to change, you know, processes in real time. And a, a common response we get is, well, you know, you know, you can't just change that policy, David. You've got to go through this process, which is, you know, three to four months. So, um, <clears throat> so I, I'm thinking about David, that. David, are the policy police that come get you if you violate a policy? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, there's, you know, you can't do that. You have to do this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. But I'm, so I'm thinking about that. I'm not making a recommendation or asking you to do anything, but I'm thinking about, well, why should it be so hard to change policy? Well, well but I think we are, actually. So, so actually, uh, uh, Kinsey and a couple of other people have been working on this because I found it to be a bit draconian, too, that all of our policies, because there's some policies that are administrative in nature. There's no reason why those policies would have to go through a medical executive review, which sort of slows down the cycle because you have to get on the queue. You know, you can only do so many policies per month unless you have them, you know, basically hijacked uh, for their meetings. Uh, so. I, this was the first time I'd seen something like that too. So I think we are looking at changing that that process because we it's it's self-imposed as far as I'm concerned, and I don't think there's any regulatory expectation that that would be uh, our our uh, practice. So so I think he's right there, and I think we we are addressing it. Um, uh, so you'll hear more more about that. Uh, I was well. I don't want to. Go ahead. No. I was well, to your question about the five-year horizon too. I thought you know there are two in my mind, and I'd love for David or David to chime in on this. Uh, uh, there are two big things that we are looking at as an organization that I think might uh, influence the relative um, uh, sort of importance of our uh, uh, efficiency or proficiency with collections, as well as uh, something that might materially impact that. So one was the uh, if we are able to, as David was going to share later, switch our sort of our um, uh, revenue model to more of a, a, a uh, capitated model, mm -hmm. then you're looking at you know a global rate that isn't so tied to each individual fee for service. And I wonder then, I don't know this, I'm asking you what what uh, impact that has on, you know, we're going to get we're, we're looking to get really good at something that we have to do now because this is how we're paid. Um, but, you know, and, and it doesn't mean we'll always or never want to have that because we will always have some contracts that won't be capitated, but but we won't have as many. So so the relative sort of value of dollars that are hanging out there that we might, opportunity we might be missing changes. The, so, so I'd love for you to speak to, uh, about that. And then the other thing I was going to say is the other big sort of pieces um, we're looking at you know, he, he keeps mentioning the fact that this build of our EHR, which the, it's the financial side of it, uh, is, is somewhat confounding in our ability to kind of fix this. And of course, you know that we were talking about uh, a, a total shift or another opportunity to, to move towards a different uh, integrated EHR across the system. And that has, of course, inherent in it the risk that you know, you, you, you have, uh, has the opportunity to fix this, that's one big part, but the risk is that you might actually, and everybody does, experience some dip in uh, performance while you get everybody now accustomed to a new thing that hopefully will uh, eventually get you to a much better place, but you have to be sort of prepared for that. So 
either or both of you if you could speak to that. I think <clears throat> right. I think uh, the shift to capitation would, would obviously have a dramatic, uh, dramatically positive impact on this in terms of predictability, cash, and ensuring how much um, you know, we're getting what we should get paid. And we'd have different systems doing that. Um, regarding this, I mean, when I say you know five years, and my personal objective is much shorter than that. You know, we're really talking about the in-state where the revenue cycle is this, this smooth humming machine that just spews out cash, you know. I mean, it's just, it's just on wheels, it's wired, it just does and works. We're obviously going to be making pro progress all the way along the line. You know, uh, every, every day we're just trying to knock down uh, issues and barriers, and here, here's some that we've just found, and there are many others that you've seen in the Twine Report and the Freed Report and other things. So uh, we're, we're going to keep getting better and better and better all the time. I guess I'll add, as, as far as the HR, regardless of a decision is made, it, it is a reinstall that will occur because a new clinical system, if we were to decide to go with Cerner, that's making the Cerner clinical systems work with the Sorian financials. So that's essentially a new install that would occur. Uh, if we were to decide to go with a different vendor, that's a whole new install of that. And patient accounting is a critical element of the, of the selection we're working on. It's included in the scope. Okay. Um, Wait, wait, wait. I have okay. one thing. Right. Um, so, I mean, you know, revenue is an issue, and rightly so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I was kind of reflecting on, um, you know, the, our last uh, full board meeting and, you know, and other meetings we've been in. Right? So I think, you know, it's hard to go and, like, you know, you know, if we're not collecting all the revenue that's due us, yes, it's hard to do a lot of other stuff within an organization. And it, <clears throat> and you know, to the and most people think, you know, to the extent that you know, revenue collection is pretty much under our control, then mm -hmm. it was just a credibility issue with you know all of our partners. So, um, you know, I think I know you know tremendous progress has been made. Um, what I would recommend is. And trying to come up with some, you know, like easy to digest, you know, metric or indicator that, you know, especially if this this it sounds like this is going to be, in, you know, you know something that we're working with over mm -hmm. the course of years, not months. And so mm -hmm. I think what you want to do is find some easy to digest for you know layman or the casual observer to set to be able to see. Oh yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. Progress, you know, progress right. is being made yeah. on a continuous basis, and where they can just digest it in one quick gulp. Because, you know, you look at this list, and your head starts to hurt. Um, and you know, your head, you know, there's a lot of stuff you have to do to make it all work. And so, yeah, you know, you need to do it at that level. Yeah. So anyway, just something okay. easy to digest. I'll think my, about that. My, yeah. my, I think it would be helpful for okay. everybody. Good. Uh, uh, I'd like to take just an, another little spin on this and take some questions because uh, I I think over the last uh, 18 months, 19 months since you've been here, it, it's been real in my mind clear on what you have had to do relative to revenue collection. And I can really sit in a group with supervisors or people outside to talk about the disconnect between what mm -hmm. we build and what we collect, and, and you've made it pretty clear on a lot of those things. And it's a system issue. So I think I can articulate the revenue collection. What I can't talk about, and maybe you could enlighten me on the process 
that management does relative to the decision of programs that you have in place, services that we give to our, to our patients, and the what the process is in relationship to whether or not we continue that service because the number of people involved and the high payoff relative to their health care is critical versus dollars that are spent but may not reach as many people as we'd like or reach a very few people and, or don't get don't get the high payoff benefit relative to their health that we would like. And in that process, we've never had a conversation except when it comes to a recommendation for a layoff or closing a program. And mm -hmm. we did that relative to, I think, a drug abuse program recently that, that came forward. And when you started peeling the onion relative to the program, it was understandable in my view, not everyone's, but in my view, why a recommendation might be had to not no longer have that service because it was carried in other places in the county. Um, but we don't ever have those kinds of things. And so while a lot of what you talk to us about relative to finance and revenue, um, the board really can't do anything about it unless you're asking for us to give you more staff, and we've already done that, which hasn't been filled, because um, you can't find them. I understand that. Um, or moving forward with an IT program to give budget allocation for those kinds of things. I think the board can, in fact, help move by their action, move that along. But we've never had a conversation relative to, to programs and whether or not we should be eliminating programs. And while it pains me, I mean, I'm very serious about the issue relative to putting, uh, losing employees and or losing services to our clientele, I don't believe that our organization can, can just talk about revenue collection and enhancement without doing a really in-depth about the services that we're providing, how much those individual services are costing, and who the people are that we're serving. And so uh, that, to me, seems to be a really important conversation. I can comment, yeah. Um, <clears throat> agree completely. Um, and uh, of course, those are you know very sensitive uh, decisions. We actually haven't had the ability to analyze ourselves or report to you previously what those programs might be because we lacked a uh, cost accounting decision support system. Uh, that has actually recently come online. Uh, management is just now starting to look at that data. Um, which allows us to tell which programs are, you know, contributing and which aren't. And we, we'd certainly like to go through that information ourselves and then, you know, maybe in the summertime uh, come back to you with um, the analysis and we can start the dialogue about, you know, what that might be. And I was just going to add that exactly what David said, but, but also in the course of now, you know, we kicked off 
late December, uh, early January, the, the budgeting process for next year. And so in the course of now doing uh, and thinking about the budgeting process for next year, uh, uh, similar sorts of uh, uh, more in-depth analysis on a go-forward basis will occur, and where, so this will be the difference in uh, what happened last year versus this year, where we uh, identify a need or a desire, um, or I should say an opportunity to um, uh, consolidate services or um, uh, right-sized services or all the euphemisms for eliminating uh, a service even potentially because it's, it's you know, not having net value. Uh, those discussions or those ideas will come forward to you uh, before we, you know, a, as a component of the budget discussion before we would actually implement on it so you'd understand uh, what the, you know, the ramifications would be as a, as a, uh, as an element of consideration and, and uh, uh, you know, consideration what you, as you're deciding on the budget. Um, but I, you know, I guess as a part of sort of a more routine uh, analysis, perhaps what we could do is as we're sort of setting up, we could do this soon or we could do it as a part of sort of a, a plan for next year. I know that this year's budget, in particular, I may just say, this year's calendar for the Finance Committee, I think, has a good best practice with sort of these uh, uh, retrospective look back on certain contractual engagements. You might actually request retrospective uh, analysis of a certain program, you know, uh, whether that's a outpatient service or a mm -hmm. uh, ancillary service line or something at you know, one of the sites to say how is this performing uh, in terms of volume, in terms of revenue, in terms of, you know, expenditures, expenditures, all those things. We, that might be a different sort of thing to have a routine review of uh, presented to the board. Uh, I think that would be very healthy. The thing that I was, when we, when we sat with the health committee and had those uh, for, on significantly uh, four meetings, mm -hmm. those big meetings, I, I was really surprised with the book that came out of our, our relationship with all those various programs. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that that might be a really great place to start oh. if, in fact, um, we, that, I mean, that seems to be where we could cut some losses or say we can no longer be a partner in this, you're going to have to take this over as a county. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out where we might start um, looking at that kind of issue. It, I suppose trying to put my head around and Trustee Varney's way ahead of me in the conversation about what we're going to have with our supervisors. And it, at the last board meeting, it, he said perhaps our conversation is we're, we're not going to be able to to run a, for five years anyway, mm -hmm. a meet our cash, our cash requirements. Mm -hmm. So, I, anyway. We, we, can, we can set that up uh, as a sort of a routine practice for, for this board, as, uh, mm -hmm. uh, or this committee, I should say, and the board. Okay. Um, in the interest of trying to stay on time, <laughs> uh, so, this, um, so, you know, the, the report section was supposed to run until 5.20. It's mm -hmm. 5.10. We've got three more reports to go, all of which are meeting. Um, <clears throat> I can finish right now. I mean, uh, I was going to say we there's, can. Um, there's contracting activity 
um, we're having a lot of success. We've got a few issues. The biggest negative is that we're currently um, non-participating with Anthem, Blue Shield, and Aetna. Um, we're uh, continuing to engage them, and we've put uh, policies in place to <coughs> allow PPO patients to continue to come here, but the ultimate objective is to get them back to the table. Um, the, the rest of these are pretty much all positive, um, and uh, we're concluding renegotiation to getting nice increases uh, in accordance with our guidelines. So Good pretty stuff. Happy. Okay. Um, we've reviewed the uh, better to import. This is done now, but we logged about 14 million of completed savings. We're tracking that to make sure that we, we get those savings. And then uh, finally, the, uh, uh, here's the cash forecast. Again, I'm giving you sort of a range. Um, we are looking at potential issues through uh, March and April and some uh, potential issue at June 30. Um, and um, Devek will be talking about the permanent agreement in a minute. So okay. That one, concludes my one, one comment. I personally, I like the idea of having a range mm -hmm. rather than a mm -hmm. single number, because yeah. I think that the you know the, the single chart, the single graph, it changes every single time and gives an impression about you know control and precision that just is not realistic because there's too much out of our control. Yeah. And so having this range, I think, is very helpful. You know, and what this okay. is saying is we. If everything works out, we'll be in compliance, but um, don't count on it right now. Yeah, I, I think it's becoming increasing, increasingly challenging, so yeah. I have some concern. Yeah. Um, have you has, I, I, I mean, I'm assuming that's all communicated to our partners in the county and they're yes. Yes. not going to be blindsided by that. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, as late as a couple travel. hours ago. Yeah. Right. Well, and... Kind of okay. Our friends are right there. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. You're on. Okay. Oh wait. Any other trustee comments or questions on Mr. Collins? Yeah, a lot. Okay. All right. All right. So this is our uh, update on our EHR long-range plan uh, that we talked about. So uh, I, I tried to summarize our activities in the report to let you know that we are. Uh, having a good plan in, in place. I included the timeline in your report so you could see where we're, how we're marching along with that. Uh, what I didn't include is the 13-page uh, uh, document that is our actual charter plan that supports uh, this report and that timeline of how we're going to accomplish this. Um, concerns, risk, objectives, a budget to put together to, to achieve that. Um, so what we've completed so far is uh, the overall plan in this project and the timeline and uh, we formed the Physician Selection Committee, and so they had their first meeting last Thursday uh, on, on our plan to do that. Uh, Dr. Dave English, who's our Associate Chief Medical Information Officer, is leading that group. Uh, they also selected two co-chairs of that selection committee from the physician side, Dr. Emily Mirafor, who's a surgeon, and Dr. Uh, Mina Chernoff, Sh uh, who's in the maternal child health and also works in the ambulatory clinics. So we have a mix of real hospital-based experience and ambulatory experience in leading that physician selection group. Uh, what is still being done is we're forming the non-physician selection group to get identified uh, individuals from all of the ancillary, oh, I should also mention on the physician group, we have representation from San Leandro and Alameda medical staffs as well as the uh, AHS core medical staff. Uh, so all parties are represented in that. Uh, not as much representation as we'd like yet from San Leandro and Alameda 
after the first meeting, we asked those physicians in, that were present for the meeting to reach out to their colleagues to see if we can get a little more participation there. Just because they're not at that meeting doesn't mean they don't get to participate in the process, right? When we get to the demo process and feedback, uh, there'll be ample opportunity for those physicians that aren't on the selection committee to participate in that process and give us feedback on it. So, so significant physician interaction in this process. Uh, a lot of enthusiasm at the meeting for the process. I think there's still some skepticism from them that we really mean it when we say uh, this selection committee, along with the non-physician selection committee, will make the recommendation and that's what we'll move forward with. Um, you know, trusting us because in previous processes, I don't think they felt they had a, a voice in what was happening. Okay. So there, I, I think there's somewhat a bit of a wait and see for them. You know, they'll do it. They're committed. They're they're at the meetings and participating, um, and and readily, actively participating. Um, but I think they're they have some some doubt. But I, okay. as in previous performance, not by any of the local current administration because none of us were here for that previous decision. Mm -hmm. um, so that's part of it. So for the non-physician group, um, good participation, widespread participation by everyone that we're contacting, eager to participate, to have their voice heard on the selection committee. Uh, in that is a, is a plan to build a lot of work groups beyond those that are on the selection committee. So while there may be uh, only uh, a single person representing the imaging services on there, when we get to the actual review of, let's say, the radiology system or cardiology system, the work group would be much larger than the person that sits on the selection committee. So much more impact as we get down to the staff level engagement in that process as opposed to just directors and managers in the process. So mm -hmm. lots of feedback from everyone. So are they having choices of all the available, all the available systems or companies that support this, or, or have you narrowed it down? We have narrowed it down. Uh, we've narrowed it down to our, our existing vendors that we have. So we've got, uh, we're looking at Meditech and Cerner for our existing vendors. Those are the two we have that have a product uh, potentially capable of meeting all our objectives. As we look at our, our, as we work through our needs assessment, that will be creating the criteria by which we'll evaluate those vendors. Um, so we've added to that uh, Epic because it's prevalent in our marketplace. And uh, we're evaluating Athena Health as a, as a new, different way of doing business as well, a, a next generation type of EHR system. So we're looking at those four as, as the universe of systems we're looking at. All of which, ultimately, we can afford. Yes. And as long as we perform in the financials, that is in our financial plan. And that's, um, I, I've, we've worked through some preliminary forecasted numbers for these, and so I need to sit down with Dave and go through those and, and verify of all of that. Um, but it's in our 10-year financial plan, how we're looking at uh, that this is, is part of that. Okay, thank you. Um, so, two questions at the moment. So, who, uh, so the non-physician group, um, like, who or, at least, or what organizations are part of that? Yeah, that? so I think uh, nursing, other uh, therapies, uh, lab, radiology, pharmacy, patient accounting, okay, finance. What about HR? Uh, HR, no, because HR uses the Lawson system, mm -hmm. uh, and so we won't be messing with uh, that part of the of our enterprise resource okay. management. Um, I mean, is that? I guess. Well, I mean, okay, well, um, is it comprehensive? In other words, uh, you know. My, my observation about large-scale systems is almost whether you touch it or not, it's, it impacts 
every single human being in the organization. So, yes, uh, certainly uh, OLA, our organizational learning and mm -hmm. education group, would be involved in the process of how we do the education and rollout and training of all of that. But in the selection process, we haven't involved HR because we're not uh, messing with the system that they use to run their business. Okay. Um. And, I, and I listed those in the report, I think, which is not in scope. It's kind of uh, materials management, general financials, and our PAC system, which is a pic picture archiving communications, our digital imaging processes. Mm -hmm. um, well, but it, but, it, but it impacts everyone. Yes, there will be an impact of general financials, right? Because if, if it is a different patient accounting system, that's how does that integrate with, with the financials. And, and finance is included in the selection committee. So. Um, okay. Why do you have two separate organizations? Why do you have two separate committees? Why not have a unified decision-making committee? Um, part of that was to let physicians have the physician voice with other physicians and, and share their concerns with that group. It's really a really large work group. Mm -hmm. around that as we look at the specific individual modules and departmental systems of that mm -hmm. larger integrated system they'll they will break out into be the the dyad type of approach right both the physician and the staff working on that in that work group together that's a, that's our plan so it's part of it for the physicians to get together to share physician concerns and ideas mm -hmm. and have the other staff work on their concerns and ideas around that what happens when you have a disagreement between those two groups? Well, it will be one group in the final decision process. It will be one combined big group. Kind of floats up. Subcommittees float up. Okay. How are you, okay, how, who, who's helping with all this? I mean, who's helping you do selection, installation, training, transition to, um, you know, at some point you take all your helpers and tell them to take their hands yeah. off the steering wheel. So uh, two different components. This plan deals with just the selection process because uh, it, it's built through June, uh, June 30 day. And so we're, we, uh, we've let an RFP to get a facilitator help us through this, just the selection process of this. Mm -hmm. Once we get through selection, then we'll look at what, what is the implementation plan for that going to be and how would we look at partners to do that. But the, but the selection will include what does the implementation plan look like. All that have to be mm -hmm. identified and completed during the selection process. Okay. And so, and you want to be all done and buttoned up, it looks like, in 2017, is that it? I'm trying to... Yeah, sorry. So I will tell you, the, the selection, we want that decision done uh, and presented to the board by June 30, uh, completed this fiscal year, and then begin implementation sometime during fiscal 17, mm -hmm. and it looks to be about a 24-month plan. <coughs> Is, is what the projection is on that. So from start date of the project, of 24 months to implementation. So that gets us through mm -hmm. probably into 2018 before we'd see a, a go live with a new system. Okay. I heard a number of like $100 million kicked around somewhere. Yeah. Is that? So we're looking at what's the 10-year cost of ownership is that number we're using. So you'll remember the Sorian project that was approved by the board back in 2011 was a $77 million project. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking for a, that type of magnitude in our initial estimates of that 100 million range for 10 years. It looks like it's going to be around that somewhere. Okay. And I mean, I see some fairly hefty numbers in the, in the capital 
planning. So is that yep. is that assumption baked into? Yeah, I, I haven't validated the, the membership. Okay. All right. So that's. Yeah, I'm giving you. Yeah. No. Well. Yeah. But you got to start estimates we, we on data that we do have, but not. Yeah. Well, we got to start. Got to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, Got to start somewhere, and it's a it's a big it's a great big number, and I think as we get to it, I'm very concerned just about the affordability of all the things that we're doing. So, um, okay, all right, um, I'll I'll stop with my questions. Mr. Varney, do you have questions? I have no questions. Tony. Mm -hmm. No, I have none. I have none. OK. I'd like to keep this as a routine report every month now through the end of the selection to keep you updated on what's happening, where we're at, and how well it's moving along, or any barriers we're hitting, so yeah. that you know. Yeah, don't don't make this the only thing you report on. But no, yeah, no. I think it would be very useful to get an ongoing report. OK. All right. Let's move on. So, uh, with respect to the uh, permanent agreement, um, the update to share with you all is that we, um, obviously, you'll recall uh, some of the trustees, uh, thank you for participating in a joint meeting that we had with uh, some of the county uh, board and uh, administrative leadership around um, uh, ongoing uh, negotiations and discussions around the uh, permanent agreement. Uh, we, as a next step, are, are meeting next week uh, with the uh, county administrator and the auditor controller to go uh, to continue that effort uh, in the hopes of um, uh, tracking towards some, some, some uh, continued progress and, uh, and hopeful resolution. Um, ideally, by the time of the joint meeting at the beginning of March, um, uh, but uh, certainly within enough time to uh, meet the deadline of March 31st uh, for the for the um, the current extension, um, we uh, have taken a lot of the principles that were espoused in that discussion that we thought you know were were uh, fruitful uh, and tried to uh, craft a proposal uh, that we will um, an evolving proposal I should say uh, that we will um, uh, discuss with the county leadership uh, to get their intake uh, or to uh, take an input on um, some of those principles included um, what you heard which was that um, uh, the likelihood or the the, the um, prudence of an ongoing relationship with the county versus one that in the current contract uh, seem to or in the current draft agreement seem to contemplate a um, precipitous uh, um, a payoff and discontinuation of a financial uh, relationship with the county or fiscal um, uh, relationship with the county where we're, we're um, taking the sign that the county recognizes that uh, and in all but well did say that that there, there was no intention on their part to to suggest as much as an opportunity to say, well, we should look at this uh, a little differently. Uh, we are taking the opportunity to recognize uh, uh, the um, the um, 
uh, indication from them that the uh, pension obligation payoffs are, are non-negotiable, and uh, we believe, although it would be up to you, uh, that, that uh, there's no overwhelming uh, issue on the part of the trustees with respect to the remaining amount of the pension obligation, uh, which um, I think is, is set to expire or sunset if, um, on a current schedule up to about 2021 or 22, I believe it is. I'm not sure there, thereabouts. Um, and of course, the other element of uh, the uh, draft agreement right now is the, um, the ATR bonds uh, for the new building and we're um, uh, taking some of the um, sort of latitude and, and leverage that was expressed in that discussion to to uh, try to look at that uh, a little bit differently and a little bit more um, um, uh, I don't want to say opportunistically but just a different way uh, so we are, we'll be meeting with them as I said next week to continue that discussion uh, in the hopes of um, making some progress and being able to come back to you all with uh, uh, more um, more concrete information in preparation for a joint discussion on this uh, in March. No question. Um, oh, you do? Go, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I would like to talk to uh, They were asked us how much money do we need so we don't have to come back and tell them for three years. What would you, what would you say? In uh, addition to what we already owe. Sure. So uh, it's a great question. I, I, I don't think we've actually targeted uh, necessarily a dollar figure. What we're looking at is a way of um, looking, well, perhaps I should let David uh, opine about this, but what we're looking at is a way to look at the, um, the negative net balance in, uh, in a different um, uh, from a different vantage point that ties it closer to performance of the organization from a working capital uh, perspective. And so that number uh, would, would uh, float or adjust relative to the performance of the organization. It reflects a desire uh, and a uh, commitment on our part to uh, uh, demonstrate prudence, uh, to demonstrate accountability, uh, but also to recognize that as the organization grows, our working capital needs will likely grow. And uh, as a partner uh, uh, with us in this endeavor, we want to make sure or get some consensus around what the commitment and the uh, capacity of the county is to support that philosophy, which is different than a, a precipitous or gradual pay down of the, of the debt. So there's no actual sort of number that is a fixed number, uh, it changes year over year relative to the needs of the organization. And then how, how did we arrive on, at the existing number that we have that's $195 million? Yeah. Wasn't that some, somewhat of a commitment? Yeah, it was, it was principled on the, the, the foundation that uh, there was a, a debt amount that existed and it got up to as high as, over time, about $200 million. And then uh, a plan was put in place to pay that debt down to zero over the course of, I think, about... 20, 20 years. Yeah, 20 years yeah. or so. And obviously, uh, somewhere halfway into that, uh, <clears throat> the ability to pay it down uh, on the part of the organization uh, changed. And so, yeah, I, so I, can I can provide the that. background on sure. that. So the, that's the, the targets that were established in the um, interim agreement, which are 195 during the year, and this, and then at the end of last year is 150, and the end of this year 145. Those were um, established at a point when uh, AHS was out of compliance with the agreement and was um, uh, in excess of the targets that had been in the prior permanent agreement, and so there was a, <coughs> a pretty. Um, clear message that um, 
the county wanted uh, AHS to get the uh, operating performance and cash needs back under control, and and we've done that. And um, although we're currently forecasting uh, difficulty in, in hitting the uh, year-end target due primarily to the waiver payments that have been delayed, you know, on a long-term basis, we're, we're pretty much tracking, you said three years, probably for the next three years, we'll be, you know, in the range of, you know, 145, uh, 140, but with the need to go up, you know, as much as $50 million during the year. Uh, after that, I would actually expect the uh, needs to go up um, because we're going to, um, we talked about um, uh, the days in accounts receivable being at 88 and that's potentially another, you know, 40 million that could come into cash. That would be um, <clears throat> reduce the debt over that period. Um, after about three years, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to level off and then start increasing, assuming that the total revenue of the organization continues to grow. Sure. So what uh, Del Vecchio is mentioning is that we're, we're proposing that we convert from a fixed repayment schedule to more one that's based on the actual working capital needs of the organization. But earlier tonight, didn't, didn't you say that we're going to lose one of our most significant contributors to our cash flow issues in the next three years? That, that is true. And so what we're seeing with that is that in 16 um, and 17 to some extent, the uh, waiver payments should be f relatively robust or our opportunity to earn them. And then after that, they start to fall off. And that's, a, that's an issue that we have not solved yet. And, and, and actually, that, that's something I'm really hot on, too. And we're going to get to that, I think, mm -hmm. in the very yeah. next, in the very next uh, tab where we talk yeah. about the long-range financial plan. Yeah. But um, I agree with you, Tony. I, have a con I, I agree with the question of what would you tell the county we need over the next three yeah, years. Did you just say you want to tell them we need another 50 million, so being up to 250 million? You just use 50 million as no, no. I, I said that the, uh, the 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 current schedule, the year in targets of you know 150, 145, 140, is is probably reasonable, and we're gonna but we're gonna continue to need the uh, the 50 million during the year, and I'm actually proposing that due to the um, There'd be another factor, which is the um, timing of supplemental reimbursements. That you know we could get some some leeway on that as well. If a particular payment's going to delay two months, it's silly to put us out of compliance just just because of a timing uh, delay. So no, I'm not saying 250. I'm saying approximately where where it's currently proposed, but using a different mechanism. So then, are you saying we're not going to ask them for more than 200 million of credit? No, I'm not saying that. What are you saying? I don't understand what you're saying. I'm, I'm saying uh, what, what I'm thinking is that there should be an objective way of determining the actual liquidity needs of the organization based on either working capital or some percent of net revenue that would then float and be reset each year. Under that concept, won't there be some cap? Wouldn't you say that we may need a little more on a, on a rainy day? Do you have an idea what that cap might be? Um, I, I have not thought of that, but it, probably 200 million would be How a much? good number. What'd you say? Probably 200. 200 will be the cap. Uh, I, I, you, you, I don't know that, that it will be the cap. You asked me a question of if there was a cap, what might it be? And I, I said probably. Are we already 200. over 200 right now? 
No. Isn't that graph up there show we're going to go over 200 sometime in the next three or four months? Yes, uh, because of the timing of yeah. the payments. Yeah, so, so yeah. we aren't there right now. Well, either we're over or we're not over. I mean, if you have a cap, a cap means to me you don't go over it. Now we're saying, we, well, it's a cap, but it's not a cap. We're no, no, no. What we're saying is, your, your question was, aren't we over 200 right now? And we're going to her. Yes, so we're answering both questions. Right now we are not, yeah. but we are projecting, because of timing of cash right. and payments, that we could go over that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. So why would we ask for 200 when there's a good possibility we need more than 200? I, I think, well, I don't think David is saying that we will ask for 200. I think what he's saying is, it, well, you asked him for a number, but what we are saying is we're asking for a, a, uh, a, an agreement that adjusts the working capital to the performance of the organization with the proviso that the organization is performing responsibly. So there, if we have to put a cap on that, we can determine what that cap would be. But right now, we're not, we, we haven't determined what that number would be because I don't know that we, we believe we'll need that. What we're saying is what we will, or we'll need to establish a cap. What I'm saying is, or what we're saying is that we expect to have some flexibility uh, built into this that says timing of payments uh, would be a consideration over the course of a year that you know would be beyond our control and we wouldn't want to establish something that said you're out of compliance based on something that is be outside of our ability to to control as an organization. So we want to tie it to another indicator of responsible and accountable performance, but that number is going to change over time. So I think what you're, what you're trying to do is get it to a discussion not about here's this hard dollar limit, but to say, okay, we're going to manage our working capital to, mm -hmm. you know, our you know, accounts receivable to you know, X days, mm -hmm. our accounts payable to Y days, and the actual amount of money that we need, you know, maybe plus some, hopefully, mm -hmm. you know, plus alpha, you know, plus some kind of a margin because, sure. you know, uh, but that what the actual number will be is going to depend upon, therefore, the, the size, size of, of the, the organization. organization. Exactly. The relationship. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, you know, but so that way, you know, if the organization, you know, most people would assume that if the organization doubles its appetite for working capital, even if it's working efficiently, is going to double. Right. Um, but you don't know if the organization is going to double, stay the same, triple. Correct. You just don't know. Correct. Um, so that's a very different concept. And, and just to sort of underscore that yeah. from, from what we believe they uh, understand and anticipate, uh, part of the discussion you might recall was a notion that uh, back when this was uh, established in terms of a, a debt repayment plan the yeah. first time, uh, that the county was, was aiming for AHS to get the debt down to a certain uh, dollar figure. And I think yeah. that said that amount was somewhere around 30 or $50 million. And they thought in 2003 for working capital needs, that's probably Mm -hmm. Right, and then they acknowledge, but right now, that's probably way off of what yeah. you actually need, and what you actually need is a question mark. So, so yeah. what we're saying is, if you fix it again, you know, mm -hmm. 10 years from now, you'll be saying that number doesn't reflect what your current mm -hmm. reality is, maybe even five years from now. So, so we're just yeah. trying to create more of a calculation and a relationship than a fixed number. Yeah. I guess kind of what, and we're kind of drifting into the next um, discussion, we kind of you know, to go along with what 
Tony is saying here, what I want to pound into the ground is, I think that this agreement that we're negotiating with the county has, you know, what it really is is a working capital, you know, liquidity agreement. Right. The challenge is that, especially with, um, you know, having more realistic, you know, a more realistic understanding of our capital needs, having, you know, mm -hmm. and with uh, a lot of supplementary support payments potentially going away, that we have a, you know, especially over a strategic period of time, like 10 years, there's a, we're, we're going to need a lot more financing for our operations. Correct. Um, and for our capital than, you know, and that is, that's, you know, you could say is outside of a working capital um, support agreement. We've got to find, we've got to go find that. Well, it, it could or it could not be. Uh, well, one of, one of the, Why does it have to be? Well, it doesn't, well. Here's what I was going to say. Sorry. It doesn't, no, no, no. There, there's no natural reason why it has to be. I just. Okay. Right, right. And, and one of the, one of the, uh, uh, the, the ideas we might consider is whether there is, uh, instead of a, uh, a, you know, a, a, a really long agreement uh, mm -hmm. that contemplates what we might look like, you know, for the next 15 or 20 years again, mm -hmm. should we should we recognize some of the volatility that uh, we anticipate and craft a, a time horizon for revisiting this that's a little bit more, you know, uh, closer uh, in, in time period. I guess, I mean, if I'm a, you know, if I'm operating a for-profit hospital system, I might say, I might have an agreement with my bank that says, okay, mm -hmm. um, my receipts come in the end of the year and my expenditures come in the beginning. There's a mismatch of, of timing, and so I need, to, I need this working capital agreement that waxes and wanes during the course of the year, and fine, there, there's one structure. And then I've had this capital building plan, and... Um, and there's a completely different set of debt agreements for that because it's different because the timings of the cash are different. Now, I think that our situation is different in that, you know, I don't think that we're structured in a way that we act, that we would ever actually pay back. You know, we're, we're not structured. Completely pay it off. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's, and that's not structured as a, as a for-profit cash-generating right. operation. And you'll and recall they all but acknowledge that, right? So they know that we yeah. won't. We won't do that, which I think is an important part of what, what yeah. we've been talking about. In, in yeah, but I think, I think that's been a consistent theme for Trustee Varney. Correct, correct. And that's why, you know, yeah. in our yeah. board meeting, I said I, I absolutely agree with that perspective. I think the county acknowledges it as much. But what they also acknowledge, which we agree with, is they want to see uh, um, greater responsibility in some of these things that we've been talking about tonight. Like yeah. How do we make sure that we're not leaving any revenue on the table and do that mm -hmm. quickly, right? Yeah. We make sure that we're not... Um, and we don't have the mindset that they're a bank and whatever inefficiencies or uh, malperformance we have that they will float us or they will yeah. uh, correct us. We're not, they're we not don't have that mindset. We're not yeah. approaching us from that mindset and we want to make sure that that's, that's clear to them. Yeah. They're not a charity and we're not looking for charity. That's right. Well, not from them. <laughs> but, you know, but Anybody else, yeah. we, we welcome it gladly. Yeah. Um, so. You got a lot of, you, you asked trustees individually for their thoughts and comments. Yes. Um, Did I get much feedback? I, I'm sorry. Go I, I don't know. Did um, I didn't know what you were going to ask? Well, I was going to say I, I know I responded, so you, I know you got at least one trustee's comments. Um, did you get, you know, did you get comments back from? I did. I think I got 
two, possibly three. I'd have to go back okay. and look. Yeah. All right. Um, is there anything you're negotiating? I don't want to drag all those, you know, individual private comments in, but I just, I guess my Yes. Okay. Are, are those factored into yeah. what were they? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And I can, you know, I, I, I have to go back and look, but perhaps I didn't respond, but I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. But, sure. Um, I guess one thing you might want to do, because I, I just feel that this is, you know, it's, it's very important, I think, that we get the deal done. Um, but, you know, this is also a, a topic of great angst for a lot of trustees, so you might just want to think about, you know, to the extent that some trustees didn't respond, just re-reaching out and saying, hey. Um, sure. Okay. I'll, I'll do both of those. Just a thought. Um, and I appreciate that it is uh, inks-inducing. Uh, it oh, is very much for me as well. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah. you know, a lot of money. It's a lot yeah. of money. And it's a big responsibility. So. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Was there other stuff you wanted to talk about? Nope. That's all I Thanks. have. Okay. Oh, wait. Are there other trustee comments? Okay. <clears throat> um, the next item is the um, fiscal 2017 operating capital budget targets. Mm. <clears throat> okay. So... What we're asking you to do is to consider management's recommendation on what targets to use for next year. Okay, this is sort of an endorsement, it's not really an approval. Um, the, uh, what's occurred uh, since we last met is our budget oversight committee has met to review the same uh, information the board's received but to discuss it in much more detail. And we've done that. The, uh, this committee happens to be in, in, composed of the entire senior management team, including all of the operating executives, uh, plus several of our key vice presidents who have a, have a role in budget setting. Uh, essentially, what we're recommending is that we target for next year a 5% EBITDA margin. Now, that is the same 5% that we targeted for this year. And when we did that last year, we were saying, Let's get to five, and then the next year we'll go to six and seven. We're not there yet. We're about you know two to three. So <clears throat> moving that performance one or two percent is a big change for the organization. You know one percent is about nine million of improvement, uh, and so that's. And I'm going to walk you through some material. We can go through it in depth, or we can just talk about this. Um, but we think that that amount would support a capital budget of about $30 million, okay? So, so we don't talk about a sort of the baseline plan, what we'd like to happen. Um, unfunded capital projects, because Jim, as you mentioned, even that really doesn't meet all of our needs. Uh, and then the operating challenge that we have, which is we, we do need to start considering that there's gonna be declining uh, supplemental reimbursement in future years, and that has some pretty significant uh, implications for us. Okay, so that, that little section that says 2017 that has the box around it uh, is what we're talking about, <clears throat> okay? So what we're anticipating is that, that our net revenues will be about 900 million, with a 5% EBITDA margin, we would generate uh, $45 million of uh, EBITDA free cash flow. Let's see if I can get this thing. Oops. Oh, no. What did I do? I'm sorry. Da, 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 da. There we go. Okay. Better not touch that. Um, we would then take that $45 million. We need to pay about $18 million in... Um, 
uh, debt service payments under the current schedule, which uh, after philanthropy leaves about 30 million that we can afford to spend on capital. Okay. Now, if you look at our capital below that, um, this is kind of, and this is, you know, really, we're just talking about that number, but we've also have a capital expenditure committee that meets and talks about who needs what. And, and this is sort of a rough outline, it's not final, but roughly next year we're going to need about $8 million for facilities, about 6 for equipment, 5 for routine IT, 10 to kick off the electronic health record project, and here's that $45 million. Again, we haven't really validated that yet. And then, you know, sort of a reserve for strategic opportunities. Okay, so that would be the $30 million. And the key here is this number, which is at 5%, we would generate enough cash to pay for um, the capital expenditures. And then assuming we get our receivables down, we'll have a little extra cash flow from that. Okay. Now, the problem is not counted in all that are these projects. Now, this is sort of a preliminary list based on interviews we've had with the operating uh, operating entities, business units. But we have what we haven't done is we haven't completed the strategic plan. So I'm anticipating that once we do that, there may be other projects that come out of that that need to go on this list. So this list in and of itself totals about 123 million. So the the problem is even if we do the budget we just talked about, you know, we don't have the money to do San Leandro. We don't have the money to do an MRI that we want. We don't have uh, there's a there's a project that uh, is on the boards that you know perhaps we need to build another wing at San Leandro for 25 million dollars. I'm sorry, John. Yeah, okay, John George. Thank you. Uh, so that's an issue, and so one of the things we've talked about is the need to have um, other sources of funds. So philanthropy, much bigger philanthropy program, um, maybe some financing, but. Could we approach Kaiser to, to fund some of this? Could we approach Sutter? You know, basically to start thinking creatively about who else might support the capital needs of this organization. Go back to the county and say, you know, potentially could they support some of these programs? Okay? All right. Questions so far? Are, we, are you with me? Are we all going <laughs> to? Let's, let's go to Mr. Varney first, Trustee Varney. Well, I, David, I, I think last year we had the same discussion, and this board told you that we could not achieve a 5% EBDA. And you insisted that we could, and we didn't. And, and we won't achieve a 5% EBDA next year. So I think it's just it's, it's part of the dreaming that we do sometimes, and the over-optimistic views we take sometimes, and that's why we get disappointed with the performance of we can't perform in accordance with a budget, which is a dream budget, because we are never going to do it this time with the unit we have. We're not going to have an EBDA of 5%. We told you that last year. You said you could do it. We went through last year. You didn't do it. There's nothing that needs that much different that makes me believe we can do it this year. And I think when you when you rest your budget on a 5 EBDA, and, and it's probably not realistic, you're just... You're just you're just going into the ice field with the, with the Titanic. You know? That's you know, just my view. Not okay. new, by the way. Okay, let's get the rest of the questions. Her. Talk about the process that you use to determine the $30 million facilities versus 
the other things that you have not included? Yeah, so um, on the capital committee are, um, it's a pretty big group, but the, some of the key players include Dave Gravender for IT, uh, Dave Warmoth for uh, facilities and equipment, and some of our operating executives, Bonnie is on it, James Jackson's on it. And uh, what, what we've had them doing over the last you know, few months is, is assessing what they think their needs are for the organization. So when, so when does the board hear what those needs are? And uh, you would you would hear oops you you would hear them around May when we come back and ask you for specific approval of the capital budget. At which point we could come in and give you, you know, in fine detail what those are. If, if you're interest, interested in that level of detail, we could come in before that and have these executives present to you what they think their needs are. Can I, can I add to that? So, so uh, just, just to be clear, these are uh, uh, targets. These are not actual uh, hard fixed commitments yeah. at this tar point. So, so, but in answer to your question, the, 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 um, the amounts and uh, what goes into that is still not uh, finalized yet. Right. Part of that is also because um, we, the need to sort of establish some sort of target at this point is just to drive sort of uh, the rest of the budgeting process with some placeholders in place that as we figure out the strategic plan or finalize the strategic plan and, and really prioritize opportunities, may well be that, you know, we say some of these ongoing, the, the point of this is to capture all the needs but and to make some, some provisions for them, understanding that we as David said, we, we have sort of uh, the needs that they've been captured now amount to somewhere uh, north of about $60 million a year for a protracted period of time. And we realize that that is nowhere near reality. Uh, but we also wanted to make sure that, you know, we don't put too much in deferred because that's going to come back to bite us at some point. So, but the reality of this is uh, the target is really what he's asking you to consider. And you can say 5% is too much. Don't, don't even go down there. Uh, uh, go, go down that road. Uh, and then, you know, we'd look at a different target. Delvecchio, with due respect, you're asking me to put money into something and put a target into things I have no knowledge. Um, of, of or whether or not they're even worthy of having that target. Okay, so fair point. So, so uh, we can, uh, I think the, the uh, portion of this was not to uh, give you, there's, there's like a laundry list of things that may not actually go anywhere, uh, but we can show you at this point what people have put up as needs uh, to say, you know, we, we at least captured the universe of needs and we're trying to sort of restrict ourselves somewhat arbitrarily to a, a figure that we think, you know, if we can live within this, then we can address some of the needs. But if you want it, we can share that. Yeah, I, mean, I think that'd be great. Some understanding maybe, maybe that a commitment to I, it. I, I suppose the, you know, the, the idea of, of a community and of of a board representing community. Mm -hmm. um, if, if for example, and I'm just pulling, I don't know what the eight million dollars in facilities sure. is, but mm -hmm. if you walk around and you happen to go visit a place and you can see this place really needs help, yeah. and yet it's not on the list, when when would does, you see that? Yeah, I just need to That's know. And ultimately, it is administrative decision. Sure. I, I recognize that. But it, would but it helps you to understand what those are. What the needs are in the organization. Um, I think we, we have no issue yeah. at all with you. Okay. Yeah, that would be great. Why don't we tee up in the next couple of meetings um, these executives to come in and give you the detail on what they think their needs are. 
<laughs> no, I mean, well, maybe it's just to showing, showing them a list of them. I don't think they need yeah, a full-on you know, presentation. Okay. You, you, you want to spend $9 million in equipment, it would be nice to know. What is that yeah, hospital is that? beds? Is it, what, what is that? Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. I think you can see that from the list. You'll see the diversity of things, and maybe some of them, maybe, you know, I don't understand what XE is because it's a little bit more esoteric, but you can ask those things. But mm -hmm. we can just show you the list, and uh, sure. and maybe let's take it from there to and decide I, what I, more again, you want to see. I, this is just one voice, so these guys are going to have to have to decide yeah. if, if you just want to target. No, no, I think, I mean, if it, it, I, I appreciate the... Um, the need just because these folks know I ask a ton of questions, and so I, I also need to understand granularity. And so, if you want to see that, I, I have no. I, I think we should show it to you, so at least you'll understand it. And then from there, if there are questions or presentations you'd like uh, to help you to understand more, then we can do that. Yeah. See, when you look at that list under under the cat, the only thing that's very specific is the EHR. Yeah. That's, I understand exactly what that is. And for us, to be perfectly honest, from, from my standpoint, that's the only thing that I would actually be committed to at this point, just because we've identified it as a priority. The other pieces are fungible. They, at this point, uh, as David showed, we have a bunch of priorities on the next page. It may well be that you know, we say it's, it's a bit unrealistic, but if we say you know, one of those things is, is 20 million, or maybe it wasn't that much, but, but if it was you know, basically going to supplant a lion's share of that, but that is a priority, and strategically we want to do that, then it means that any of the equipment upgrades, any of the ongoing IT needs, any of the you know, facility repairs or improvement, if we say we can't afford those, we want to be clear with you that you know, there's a consensus around the fact that we can't afford those right. so, so that you get it. So I, I actually see merit to actually showing you what those things are so that when we do make those uh, strategic or, or operational decisions about where we can invest and present that to you for endorsement, uh, that you can say, well, I recognize that I'm supporting this and I'm saying to you that this isn't happening or you, we're, you're, you're accepting for me that I'm saying X won't happen so that down the road. Right. Just like with the right. sort of operational considerations, you're recognizing that. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody says, I don't understand why it takes so long to get a CT in this organization, we say, oh, that's because the one that we had is really old and we couldn't afford to upgrade on it, so it's, you know, we just have a backlog. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we want to maybe just as a follow-up, we just share that list with you? Yeah. Okay. So, so my question. Um, I agree with Trustee Barney. You know, 5% seems very ambitious. Yeah, we agree. Um, I think what might be helpful though, is to say, you know, you know, you know, have some kind of a narrative that says, hey, look, this is where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. This is where we're at mm -hmm. right now, marginalized. We know we can achieve that with one part of it. And at least some kind of narrative that says, okay, we think we can, we, we sort of think we can get to five, that this is a reasonable target to start with mm -hmm. for these reasons. Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't happen. Okay, does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. You know, and then. No, well, well, so, I would say it makes sense from this vantage well, point. It, it's kind of like if, if, you, if you want us to endorse a 5% target, then, I mean, on the one hand, I say, sure, 5%, go, you know, go try that. Yeah. But if you actually want us to say you know, that sounds reasonable, then convince us to do a little bit of work to convince us why that's reasonable. Yes, I mean, that's I, I, think, I think that you know what you what you're doing is you're you're kind of backing into what you need mm -hmm. to 
get the business done. Right. But I think you need to go the other direction and say, okay, this is what. What we can we need. actually do? This is why we think we have some, or we have a shot at actually achieving it. Yeah. Um, with the capital expenditure, I agree with Michelle. I would like to. It would be good to go through that. Um, what you might want to think of just from an op optical perspective mm -hmm. is to say, here's the whole list of capital items mm -hmm. that we think are worthy of consideration, and we can afford only 30th. Mm -hmm. um, there's, I look at the list that here's the things we're not going to do, and you, know, there's, you can probably, you know, all like the audience, you guess which one made my, you know, you know chills run up and down my spine. Yeah. But, um, Mm -hmm. I'll leave that up to you, but just from an optical yeah. perspective, you may want to leave that until... I think we can we can craft that and, and, and share it with you. But yeah, I would like to see the list here. Yeah, sure. Here to talk about that. And then, go to that next slide. Because I think this kind of gets to the tip of the iceberg, if you will. Sure. That, you know, so we're looking at a $24 million unfunded thing. So one mm -hmm. thing you might want to think about is you know, potential sources of funds and... and um, what about like the state? You know, what about CMS? We so we well. I mean, if we're, if we're, gonna, if we're gonna have a comprehensive list of people who might who, who might um, uh, act nicely support us. So we, we are we, we could add them to the list because in fact we are doing something with one of those entities that the CMS not so much but the state we are we are having some discussions about prospects. Uh, well. I'll, I'll wait because there's something I want to suggest. Okay. So, what I was going to say is so we look at unfunded projects here, mm -hmm. and that keeps going out into 2020. Mm -hmm. And that's when our supplementary, supplementary funding drops off. Correct. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. if I just kind of add those unfunded numbers up, I want to go somewhere over $100 million, I think. Yeah, 123. Yeah. Yeah. 123.4. Yeah. There you go. Um, and then the supplementary funding drops off, and that number balloons. So what's your sense of, like, over the next 10 years, when you include that stuff, of how much we're unfunded? Well, we've got all the different scenarios. I mean, obviously, if we <clears throat> go down the same path we are today yeah. and lose the waiver, that will be $100 million per year. So you're talking, you know, a billion dollars over 10 years. But the challenge we as an organization have is to change the trajectory, come up with a different business plan, address our expense structure, address revenue cycle, convert to capitation, um, improve utilization, improve throughput access. I mean, and then we have to do, project what that means. But that's, from that, that, that's a very big hole. I mean, that's, exactly. That's a very big yeah. hole that you're filling. It's a, it's a big, stuff. big challenge. Yeah. yeah. And then just keep in mind, this 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 isn't static either. This changes, you know. Every year, there's a different sort of need for yeah. life cycle of equipment, life cycle of yeah. facilities. Yeah. You know, all, the, the, all that will yeah. will yeah. fluctuate as well. Yeah. But I think kind of you know, in my mind, it sets the tenor for kind of a strategic thinking and conversation about what. Yeah. Um, if we don't do anything, we've got a billion dollar. Exactly. Right. And that's the intent of this discussion, is yeah, to think about the implications. Yes, sir. And I think that's what Tony, you've been... Well, I, again, I guess I just have two thoughts on that, and that is, uh, 
you know, you look at other businesses, uh, you know, and a business that starts off very well and then decides it's going to expand and expand normally runs out of capital. And uh, I don't see why we have to continue to expand and expand. Let's get this facility we have right now running properly before we start expanding or talking about expanding. And that's my uh, concern with San Leandro. I, I've always said we don't have the money, and our consultants said we don't have the money to do San Leandro. And now we're bearing the we're bearing the damage of that not listening to that recommendation. And I think you know the idea that well we're going to get more bigger and bigger, we're make more money, and we're going to do this. That, I think we ought to get it running where it makes money at this size, than to continue to to try to make it bigger when we don't have the, the facility we have right now running well. That, you know that's an overall picture on. But I'm answering up mm -hmm. an operating report. And, and again, I want to just say to you right now, I'm not going to vote for this tonight. I'm not going to vote for an endorsement. This very clearly says it's an operating report. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. It's not an endorsement report. It's not a recommend. It's not an action item. So, and going back to what Jim, Jim said a few minutes ago, you're not going to back into this by saying this committee endorsed what you wanted. Because, you know, if you want to put it on the agenda and say it's going to be an action item, or, or an endorsement item, then we'll we'll let the, everybody, the whole public, know that's what's going to be, and everybody can show up and give their view. The way it's now on the agenda, it's it's an operating report. Yeah, I, I'm actually well, more I think interested in the dialogue. Well, but. I think you know what's being asked for here is guidance from this committee. It was quite clear from the committee that there was a desire to have a more structured process moving towards the budget, and part of that is getting guidance from the committee to inform the discussions of what's going to be brought forward. So. Uh, that's what's being asked for from the committee this evening is direction and guidance to inform the further work that they do. It's not a action that's being taken by the committee. It's not an action which is going to have a binding effect on the board. And it's appropriate, you know, for the committee at any point um, on any matter to provide guidance or direction to staff on what they want them to focus their attention on and what sort of things they want them to consider in terms of bringing other dis uh, matters back to the board for decision. But, but it's also not on the agenda as an endorsement item. So we're, we're giving our thoughts on what he's saying, but we're not in, we're, you know, it's showing, showing up as an operating report, and, and, and it's and, not and an endorsement and item. And that's, that's correct. And I, and I, there's no such thing under the Brown Act as endorsement. What I'm saying is, is you're not being asked to make a decision. You're not being asked to, to make a button. You're being asked to give direction okay. yeah, to, to, to staff. So what you're telling us is a couple of things. I, I, I think I hear, if I could try to make sure we capture everything, is one, um, um, rather than coming forward with a 5% uh, um, uh, uh, target that, that is reflected more on more of a, a rational, uh, rationalizing or rationing of what the uh, global ask is, is to come back and say, what do we look like from a, you know, what we've been able to do, what actually happens from a CapEx perspective over the course of this year as well, uh, which includes, what I was going to say is, you, we had a target of 5%, and that uh, uh, target was roughly the same amount of money, somewhere around 28 to $27 million. We're not, you know, when we recognize that we're actually not hitting that market part, uh, margin, uh, part of what we're looking at and we'll be talking to you about in terms of uh, opportunities is actually taking some of those things that we were targeting doing with that $27 million last year and not doing it because we don't, we're not getting the money to do it. So, so some of those things are saying we've got to put that on hold because the money's not there. So, so, so what I would say is what we could come back to you and say, and, and what I'm hearing you say is, don't shoot for 5%, certainly don't do it from a backing in perspective, but show us what you believe, what, show, show 
you what we believe we can actually achieve based off of some uh, assessment of what we're actually doing. Uh, and perhaps even, this is what I was going to say, the other part is we are starting to have conversations around do we have a target that uh, looks at, because these projects happen over the course of months and you have to negotiate, you know, if it's equipment, you're negotiating rates. If it's a project, you're negotiating, you know, things like that. So we could do sort of a tier one and tier two to say, you know, let's say we expect more realistically from a performance perspective to be able to achieve two, two percent or two and a half, uh, half percent, and you feel more comfortable with that. Then we could say, if we get two and a half percent, these are the types of things we would actually prioritize doing. If we got more than that, here's the next tier of things that we think could happen, but you know, that's only subject to performance actually being able to, to meet that. Um, to meet that level of, of return. So so that's another way that we might come back to you and say, here's 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 something for you to consider uh, uh, as an endorsement of sort or, or guidance for us to say, proceed with that sort of uh, uh, approach versus what we've presented to you today. That's a pretty good summary of overlapping, although not quite aligned comments you've gotten from okay. The one thing I would say is I think it would be worthwhile to, at some point, you know, to seek a committee and board approval of a target, um, if only because I think the board has expressed a desire um, to be, you know, informed earlier and more often, and mm -hmm. asking people to give approval is a really good way to focus attention. And, People have to be involved and think about it. Yeah. Let's do it. So. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. It's just yeah. if if that's a will of the board. Well, that's no, that's what he is doing. Yeah. Uh, right. We just don't happen to agree with it. So. Not, not at this point. Yeah. 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 Okay. So the other piece, I'm sorry, was to give you the detail too, so you can actually have mm -hmm. some sense of what's behind all this. Um, one thing I wanted to say is I um, so so. Barney's comment. I'm not sure from what I've, as I've been studying, that we, that we are structured to be a profit-making, cash flow-positive organization. And it's not, you know, it's not a reflection on the organization. Right. It's a reflection on this kind of a business. Right. If we got, you know, it, it would be interesting as an intellectual exercise to know what it would look like if microphone please thank you <laughs> it would be interesting to know what is an academic exercise don't do this you know like what we would look like if everything was working perfectly <laughs> but um, but in any case I don't think we're ever we're just not organ we're just not structured to be profitable but given that that says but the question of affordability comes up in my mind if we're not structured to be profitable then that means that we need ongoing support from somewhere, mm -hmm. maybe multiple somewheres. Mm -hmm. But then what is our purpose? I mean, we can't, to borrow Michelle's you know, comment, I mean, we can't be everything to everyone. But what is our purpose? And therefore, you know, do we really, if our purpose is to do X, Y, and Z, then we need the money. Then we, then we need to figure out where to get the money to do it, not not do it. 
Does that make sense? No, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Well, so we're, we're never going to generate enough cash to, to do everything that we, that, we're, that we say we're supposed to do. Well, well, we won't if we can't reduce expenditures. Right, but I don't think we'll ever. And, and create mm -hmm. revenue. Mm -hmm. We have only talked about revenue enhancement. Mm -hmm. Right. We have not talked about expenditures and reduction of expenditures. So every time something comes forward, I see us talking about expenditures, I mean revenues, mm -hmm. and big capital, we have capital ideas. And I guess I'm trying to wrap my head around if if you need a tool for an EBITDA to let people know we've got to have this kind of margin so you have to go back and figure out what you need to do in the organization to reduce your expenditures, to increase your revenues, or whatever it is. If that's the driver and you need a hammer to drive it, mm -hmm. Then, then I'm understanding that why you put that up. I, I just don't understand why you would why the EBITDA is. What's the purpose of showing that EBITDA? Um, I can probably answer yeah, that. So, do. so one of, one of the considerations is that you know we're looking at the um, long-term funding of the organization, and as we reported earlier, <clears throat> we're um, going back to the county with an ask for something that's different than what they'd previously committed. And we've asked for more flexibility and more funding. And that's based on what we think we heard was that the county is prepared to do that, assuming they believe that the organization is being managed prudently and doing everything to improve its performance. So we, we think going from last year to this year, even though we're short of budget, we've demonstrated good faith in improving performance. And we thought that going into next year, if we set a message that just, oh, you know, status quo, that's not the appropriate message to deliver at the same time we're asking them for additional support. So uh, they kind of go hand in hand. Now I, thank you, David. I, I get that. I suppose, I suppose what I'm also looking at is that if, in fact, we didn't have these supplemental funds. Mm -hmm. Let's assume that the supplemental funds are on the side. You just put them in a box over here on the side. How would you approach the organization to get us to a 5% EBITDA? Um, well, that would be a fairly dramatic change from current operations. If that were actually the case, uh, first thing I'd probably do is, is ask you to just sign a contract with me as a consultant because I probably wouldn't survive the recommendations I would give you. Give you. But what I would go through, I would do is I'd go through the organization on a service line basis and a programmatic basis, identify which, which programs are contributing and which aren't, and give you a list of things, that, draconian cuts that we would have to make to balance the books. Yeah. And and so I suppose I'm asking, why is that such an such a bad thing? When you the decision to make to make those cuts mm -hmm. certainly rests with the board. Yes. But to do an analysis about exactly what you said, which which areas are in fact prop, mm -hmm. I don't want to say profitable, but are Contri yeah contribute more than others. Right. Yeah. Right are contributing both for the health yeah. of the patient yeah. and for the 
profit of the organization. Uh, why, why isn't that a process that we do? Uh, up until now, we haven't had the ability to do it for, because of systems limitations. If that is an analysis that the board wants, I, we could do that. But, well, wow. I think on a, uh, on a global scale, and this goes back to what we were saying earlier, that is true. But I, I was actually almost lamenting uh, right when uh, Jim said, in the interest of time, we're getting back on track, was the, I think, a slide or two after that was the, the better two initiative. And I really feel like you know, perhaps mm -hmm. we should really spend more time showing that there are mm -hmm. ongoing efforts in the organization to look at where there is opportunity to reduce costs that aren't adding or, or that we don't... Uh, that we feel that we could do that aren't necessarily uh, um, uh, contributing value, if you will, for the organization. So, we're, we're, so there are several uh, initiatives under that engagement that I've been looking at. How do you, how do you take uh, uh, non-valued uh, expenditures out of the organization and, and, uh, and improve your uh, performance on a go-forward basis. So those things are happening. I, I feel like because we, uh, and it, it happens a lot of times, uh, in these meetings we spend a lot of time on other parts. We're, maybe we gloss through that a little uh, a Or little the more, agenda is too, too or, big yeah, to, to yeah, be able to yeah. manage in a but meeting. And we can prioritize those that, if you want to. Th that's what I would do. I think okay. that these agendas are we don't have that kind of conversation, so we, we shift through it pretty mm -hmm. quickly. Mm -hmm. um, at least that's my sense of things. Sure. Um, but on a macro scale, I mean, it's a, well, I don't okay. know. It, it's it's a pretty big deal. I was just going to make a point. Um, you know, I'm skipping ahead here, but um, yeah, we have total revenue of $880 million here. If we, you know, <laughs> 340 of that is for, is, you know, by grace of CMS and the good mm -hmm. and the good citizens of Alameda County, three hundred forty million dollars of the eight hundred eighty million dollars is supplemental reimbursements. So if that went away, um, we would be losing, as we currently run our business, three hundred forty million dollars or so a year. I understand that. Yeah, I asked that uh, question. Okay, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know, what, I don't know what would be left if we just I, cut our way into profitability. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think one of the yeah. challenges is. Uh, uh, with perhaps the exception of, 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 of Measure A, other supplemental payments are largely tied to uh, uh, a, a some some form of acknowledgement and reimbursement yeah. of costs that you have mm -hmm. incurred uh, right. that weren't fully reimbursed. So, right. so there's so if you say you know you cut out the supplemental reimbursement and you, know, you try to right size the organization, you'll you'll always be behind. Like yes, yeah. there's, there's, no, way to, yes. Yeah, there's yeah. no way to kind of like say I'm going to get paid exactly right. what it costs me to do the services because a lot of our services are for a population for which the payments will, will okay. uh, uh, not. Uh, I want to uh, perhaps uh, I was misunderstood or I didn't make myself clear. Uh, I am not in any way suggesting that supplementals shouldn't be considered in putting to together an organization. What I repeatedly am suggesting is that we do not examine expenditures. We're, we're just not talking about program, the high cost of program, and whether or not that high cost of program is effective for us. It goes to the same thing I've said about we can't be all things to all people. You can't do everything you want. Mm -hmm. So at what point do you say, and that's not to say that you shouldn't be using lean to, to if we have a program that in fact is great, but it's not 
delivering the kind of finances we want, et cetera, then yeah. you, you put in lean and you find a way to do that. But I don't know in the four years that I've been here that we have had any analysis of the programs that we're offering. So some of the programs, and, and, and perhaps I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this to seek some clarity. Um, some of the programs are, are, are sort of diffuse in the, the types of, when you, when you say programs, I think you're talking about you know, different sort of contractual arrangements that we may have, like the ones with the county that you said. So for example, if one of those is uh, to provide a suite of services for the homeless, and those services are, you know, they could be the ED, they could be the OR, they could be the clinics, they could be all those sorts of things. When you, when you try to tie, you know, here's the budget that we have for that program, and I go in and look at every aspect of the organization of where those, those people are, or those services are delivered, I may not be able to say, so I get $2 million to take care of the homeless, and, um, and it's costing me $8 million, and, and so I should actually cut out and that, that the homeless and population can't get ED services. Or, or, or you add a, the other figure in there, of the homeless population, we are only taking care of um, 100. So now you take that individual right. service right. for that one person, and each, each homeless individual may be costing the organization a million dollars for the one person. Sure. So that, that's what I'm, I'm trying to get around. Okay. Um, you know, the I don't quarrel with the uh, because I don't know. Right. I, I have no idea. So that's to me is the balance. So that's what I mean. I, I think that there's a way to do it by by programs, but there may also be a way to do it by business unit. And so then the question becomes, you know, what, or, you know, or, or any way you yeah. want to do it. I yeah. just okay. I'm sorry. I, that's okay. I think this is a good discussion. Maybe the thing to do is do what makes sense. <laughs> You mm. Do what would be useful to management. Sure. And how you actually operate the business. Gotcha. And that'll probably be the most useful to the board. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. Great. Thank you. Okay. Um, I think we're just time check here. We time got check. A, a we could, of really we could defer things. these. I mean, they're basically good news and uh, they're informative, but uh, I don't know that we have time to go through them tonight. Um, I feel uh, a little bit bad sense? because I assume Mr. Warmouth isn't coming here just for tourism purposes. Oh, um, Dave loves to come to these meetings. Uh, yeah. Of course you do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a pleasure at the committee. We're uh, happy well, to do whatever you want. Well, hold on. So we, we, we've, got, we've got this. Um, They're informational. Um, we have a contract. Very straightforward. Approval item. Um, I don't want to shortchange Mr. Jackson, who's also sitting there patiently hiding behind Mr. Warmer. Um, James. So, well. Okay. Oh. Oh. Okay. So we're going to have a. Uh, why don't we Why don't we attend to the approval item? Okay. Then. Uh, so there's. We're going to do tab five, the action item. Um, there's a. Um, this is the contract extension for Alameda Inpatient Medical Group. Um, can I get a, some? I move approval. Thank you. Sir. Okay. Any discussion? I just had one request. We we do a lot of extension extension approvals. 
um, or extension items. It would just be nice to get a retrospective on. We just have a lot of stuff that we, we've kicked forward for a few months. Yeah, and, I, and I'm and trying in these meetings to kind of intersperse <clears throat> uh, new things. Like tonight, you got yeah. cash collections and you got contracts. Yeah. And we can come back with physician contracting because we've done a lot of work to get this organized. Yeah. And it's actually much better. And there's a lot of good work being done under the surface that you're not seeing. Yeah, so I think it would just be good to get some perspective on sure. that we're hopefully going to reduce, well, we haven't reduced the number of That's one tonight, forward. So, so okay. anyway, so all in favor, aye. 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 Okay. okay. It's been approved. Um, five minutes to go. Um, I, I'm not sure it's going to be productive to go through any, any, one of any, of, any one of these things. It wouldn't do justice to them. Yeah. Okay. Are there questions maybe that we can yeah. just answer? We can certainly bring them back. Yeah. I think you should bring them back. Why don't we just okay. bring them back? So, sure. uh, Dave and James, um, uh, apologies for that. I, I did have a question with for James. that, that You showed that the profit was 6.4, but but I I figure because you take out the 1.6 million for or the 6 million and you reduce that by 1.4 so what they really improved upon was 3.6 right or 5.6 4 oh, I have the math here the numbers I, I because you paid them one you paid them 1.4 they captured 6 but you have to reduce their no, they didn't. You have to reduce the cost, don't they, you? They didn't capture six. Six was a target. Yeah, correct. They yeah. captured like a they lot less. Significantly less. How much less? Point one, I think, or point two. Uh, yeah. Was so they didn't the, pay for themselves? They uh, didn't pay for themselves. No, I believe they did. Uh, no, actually, I believe they paid for themselves. The, the performance was significantly higher than, yeah. or the ex return was significantly higher. Well, I think that, I think. Okay, that's not how I read it. So go through this. Did they pay for themselves? So I, I apologize, uh, Trustee Lawrence. I, the, the quantitation of their return was not generated by me. I, I can certainly speak to their performance in terms of the operations, but I really want to defer to, to Dave Cox to talk about the finances, if that's okay. Uh, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So, um, so here's the uh, what we did is we did a year-over-year -year comparison of uh, of the operations. Uh, for the first, the baseline period, we had uh, total revenues of 28 million, operating expenses of 38, so uh, uh, negative contribution of 10, and then uh, the the next comparative uh, period it had been reduced down to 9.9, .9 with. Um, uh, actually slightly less revenue and slightly less expenses. So uh, you can look at this a lot of different ways. The um, expenses were reduced by $677,000. And they cost us 1.4. Um, 1.3, I think. Yeah. Because well, they didn't cost so, but, but those costs are, are inside those numbers that you just yes. showed us? Yes. The, uh, the no. challenge is there's no direct correlation between the Jody. cost of the service and then the overall impact because there are multiple variables that impact what, what happens yeah. in that space. So, so just, you couldn't say they did this the and then the net effect is exactly this. There's you know, the improvement yeah. and the, um, 
the patient uh, flow, the, uh, the amount of people seeking services, all the other engagements that are happening in other parts of the organization all come to bear on what the ultimate outcome is. So, so I don't know that you can actually reasonably say that this one effort netted you know, what the ultimate performance was. It's a, okay. it's a component. So can I say, so the improvement was $6 million over last year. That no. was the target. That was the target. The target. This yeah. was the contract that uh, was approved. This was the goal. Jody Copeland is the director of financial planning analysis who did this analysis. So, so you can say that was a goal, and the goal was not achieved. And the goal was not achieved. That's correct. Okay. So, how much was achieved? That was the other slide that showed the, a reduction overall or a it, net improvement. It was an overall improvement of $100,000 over six months, six months over six months. It was an improvement of $100,000 over six months. Yes. So did we, did we pay you $1.4 million? 1.3, I think is what the uh, 1.3, 1.4. I mean, yeah, yeah, it I'm was just, a concept that there's a significant difference between what the contract was and right. what we paid and what we earned. Yes, and that's what right. I'm trying to figure out. Yes, you're right. So this is just six months, so it would have been about 700000 within that 37553 This is just a six-month comparison to see if we were on track to, to save or to generate an additional $6 million. So you're saying we saved 677 for six months, so $1.3 million? Yes. Yeah, so basically pay for itself over a year. And then we should have another $1.3 every year going forward. The payments included in that January, the 15th? Um, the payments included in the 2015? I, would, I wouldn't think yes, so. Yes, the payment to the vendor is in the oh, 37 million. It's, in, it's actually in the so, so, wait a minute. Just ask about the contract. Did the contract, did the vendor suggest that the contract or that the improvement that was available that they would help us attain would be $6 million year over year? Yes. They did. And so, and you're sure about that? Yes. Okay. Okay. No, James is still different. So, so, the net effect of this, I believe, and I think you're appreciating on it, is I didn't see the contract. This predates my time. Uh, but, if that's a net effect, then the, the other, that there were several sets of variables that the uh, contract seemed to include that this analysis shows that seemed to actually improve. So certain performance in terms of volume, in terms of lead time, in terms of all those things, seemed to actually improve the net effect of the operating uh, return um, uh, that, that we say projected uh, did not materialize. I think that's... That would be, for me, the upshot of this. It, it, it would be for me, too. And it, and it kind of discounts the fact that James is, in my view, responsible for a whole lot of the improvement that outside of the consultant contract. Right. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. If we're paying a, con a contract for 1 1.6 or 1.4, 1.3, whatever it happens to be, I would assume that that amount of money that at the very least you would break even. You would break at the very least. You see that sort of net performance, yeah. I don't I don't begrudge you that. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, that's I just want that on the record, please. Thank you. So I would like to say that I believe that we actually have achieved what you just described because certainly when we got there 
the wait time in the emergency room was 74 minutes. It averaged 74 minutes before you saw a provider. And so one of the key elements that Renoir worked on was essentially recreating the, the admission process with the staff. And so our wait time dropped well below 30 minutes. So we cut the wait time during provider in half. And that actually is the basis for the campaign that we've recently embarked on. So we have a media campaign where we're advertising the fact that you will see a provider within 30 minutes of arriving at San Leandro Hospital. Our average daily census was about 72 in the emergency room. This past week, we averaged 104, and month to date, we're about 102. It, James, I, I suppose what I'm missing here is the value added, because I have a great deal of respect for you, and the the return that, or the information that I get from the San Leandro community is that you are doing a spectacular job. Thank you. That's the word I get. So what I'm trying to figure out as a board member, when in fact we have a contract for this amount of money, that it, it should in fact make more than you're worth, and there's a value added to this thing, and I don't see that. And so I've said enough here, I'm, I'm done. Thank you. And trustee, if I may respond, I, I am humble. I appreciate what you've said, and I would offer that as an administrator, I value what the Renoir Group brought. I, they gave me tools, which I and my team were able to use and will continue to use on an ongoing basis. And so I won't go into the details of those tools here, but it would be um, presumptive of me to suggest that all of the gains that San Leandro are because of me. Certainly, my job is to implement them, but I received tools there that, from the Renoir group that were very valuable and continue to be valuable. Okay. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? So we'll bring Mr. Borman back, but we'll do we'll do the we'll do the, um, the reports like this. We'll do reports like we'll do reports like this first, rather than last. So just make life a little easier. All right. Um, unless there are other trustee comments, Susanna, are there any public requests? No. No. Amazing. Okay. Um, well, in that case, I adjourn the meeting. All right. Thank you. Thank you.